This is the Dos Acero Podcast, a weekly show devoted to football in Mexico, the U.S., and beyond. If you are a pocho, puma, regio, chiva, cholo, fresa, tigre, tapatio, chilango, or even a Methodist, pull up a chair, crack open a cold one, and enjoy the next 90 minutes of heated football debate. Thus begins... The Dosa Cero Podcast. Good evening, everybody. This is the Dosa Cero Podcast, Yamerito uh, Production. Thank you for joining us again on our usual customary Wednesday night, sometime around 9, uh, 9 p.m. Central Time slot. We have a very full show for you tonight. Thank you for joining us. My name is John Jagu, and as always, we have a uh, very eclectic and varied panel with us tonight that will discuss a few things with us this week. Some of the topics we'll be discussing tonight, of course, is the upcoming Super Clásico between America and Guadalajara that's going to happen this weekend. Who's going to win? Who's going to lose? Who's going to be crying at the end of the game? All those questions will be answered. We're also going to talk about, uh, in keeping the topic with the Super Clásico, where are all the idolos? There's, there's players on these teams that people like, but where, where are the guys that people would, would, would die to see play? People would, 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 would kill their own mother for tickets to see these guys play. Those guys don't seem to be around anymore. We'll also be discussing that. We have to talk about uh, uh, Carlos Julio Peña and his little mini controversy this week. Hopefully, uh, in the next few minutes, Joel Aceves, our Chivas Insider, will join us and give us information in regard to that. And we have some other topics for you guys that we'll be discussing here on the Los Acero Podcast. And again, we are broadcasting live on YouTube if you want to uh, give us your questions or comments there. And then, as you know, we will be uh, publishing this to iTunes a little bit later in the week so you can listen to the show at your leisure. Once again, my name is John Jagu. Glad to have you with us tonight. The Dos Acero Podcast. With us tonight, we have... All the way in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. A man who is just itching to talk about his... his team. His favorite team in the world. Not the Philadelphia Eagles. Ronnie DeLuna, how are you this, this evening, sir? How are you doing, John? How are you, how's everybody else doing? We're all doing very well. Are you confident, Ronnie? Do you, do you feel that, uh, that this one's in the bag for you? Yeah, it's in the bag. Are you ready to have bragging rights for the next, I don't know, four or five months, whenever they play again? Yep. Yeah, I'm ready. So. Hi, ready. You're, you're, you're ready? It's, uh, it's, it's already, the, the Mighties will not even play the game. Just put the, the, the two zero up on the scoreboard and be done with it. I'm thinking three zero. Three zero. Well, well, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Over in uh, across uh, Travis County, we have with us tonight Albert El Chiquis Campa. Albert, how's it going, sir? Hey, going good. How's it going? Everything going all right for you out there? Yeah, yeah. Everything. You've been, been enjoying our couple of days of rain we've had. Yeah, I fertilized uh, yesterday or whenever. So. Oh, so it's all got washed away. Good for you. Yeah. <laughs> yep. washed You'll have to fertilize again. 
Yeah, so it's all good. You'll have to tell us your uh, your your odyssey to request credentials from Femex Food. That doesn't seem like it's uh, yeah, a, a, a task. It's probably a little tougher than it should be, but we'll you, you can fill us in on that later. We're making progress on it. Ronnie's yeah, there. it's excellent. Over in uh, Escondido, California, another area that had a nice little downpour. We have uh, with us uh, the biggest Santos fan this side of the Pecos. Daniel Preciado, how are you, sir? I'm excellent, John. Good evening, boys. Did uh, Did you enjoy Santos' victory over Atlas, or did you enjoy the the girl that they showed walking up the stairs more? Be honest. I liked I liked that part. That was probably the most entertaining part of the game. Um, but I'm just glad they won, even though it wasn't exactly deserved, I guess. Had to overcome even a, even a Rafa Marquez goal, so it was it was a good win for Santos. They're uh, they're positioning themselves well for uh, for a nice run, not just in the Liga MX but also in the Coca Champions, which we'll talk about a little bit later as well. And of course, up in Connecticut, a man who just uh, spent the last five minutes speaking in his Argentine accent, making sure that he has his llaves to get into his apartamento. Christian Velez, how are you, sir? <laughs> hey John, how you doing? Uh, a good, warm welcome to everybody. Um, yeah, that was interesting. Uh, you know, it's always like these little little windows of time when you find sh stuff out. You know, people sneak into your apartment and, and whatever. But that's fine. You know, you guys heard it all. I mean, it's fine. Uh, I just wanna I just wanna give a shout out to uh, Emmanuel. Emmanuel is um, is a he's a guy I played soccer with sporadically over the years, and he works at a local Mexican restaurant and. I got to see him this week, and uh, I got him uh, to listen to the podcast. I don't know if he's listening tonight, but he probably will at some point, so I just want to say uh, hello, and, uh, you know, we're, we're doing well. We're excited to be here tonight. Well, glad that you're with us, and, of course, later on we'll be uh, joined by our our, our Chivas contingency, uh, namely uh, Joel Aceves and Juan Uribe, who went to his first MLS game as a member of the Fourth Estate, the Working Press, and he will give us a little insight as to what it's like to cover the LA Galaxy from what looked to be a very nice vantage point from the press box. It's uh, one of those stadiums where the press box is still right in the middle of the, you know, in the on like on the 50-yard line or in midfield. Lately, the new stadiums that are being built, all the press boxes are sticking them in the in the corners of the stadium, so the vantage point isn't as nice. So we'll hear a vantage point from Juan Uribe, and of course, we'll hear Joel Aceves' La Bandera segment talk to us about all the great uh, Chivas farandula that he has been hearing over the past couple of days. It is classical week, so I'm sure that there's uh, a lot of juicy details that Joel Aceves can give us when in relation to Chivas Guadalajara, which incidentally, tonight, I don't know if anybody was watching but they were playing their Copa MX game, and they started the game not in a rainstorm, but a hailstorm. It was hailing in Guadalajara. It, it looked like snow, but no, it was it was hail. And uh, for for any of you folks that have uh, lived in Mexico, or grew up in Mexico, or, or spent any time in Mexico, hail is a very common weather phenomenon. So it wasn't necessarily that big a deal. And they don't get like the baseball size hail that people get out in the in the prairie, no, it's like not even pea size. It's like it's like French pea size hail that they get uh, down in Mexico. But it's very interesting. Well, gentlemen, I guess we should jump right into it. 
We'll talk about the game that everyone wants to talk about. Of course, I'm talking about the Clásico Norteño between Tigre. No, I'm just kidding. We're going to talk about the Super Clásico. No one wants to talk about the Clásico Norteño. The one guy who wants to talk about it is not even on the show tonight, and that's Fernando Regino, who you would think that after his um, rayados were able to take care of business against Tigres 1-0, that he would be you know, all over this and, 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 and monopolizing time, but he's not even around. So we're going to have to talk about the uh, Super Clásico instead, the Chivas Guadalajara. El Clásico Nacional, the biggest game of the year, every year, every season. Sometimes the games are bigger, the, sometimes the stakes are higher. In this case, it just seems like uh, one team is a heavy favorite and the other one's just hoping not to embarrass themselves. Ronnie, you're an America fan. Uh, please, before I... Uh, please tell us about how America's approaching this game. Uh... Well, I, I think uh, they're taking the, the game, you know, seriously. Obviously, they're not. Uh, I mean, from the, the press conferences that I've heard from the, some of the players and the coaches, is that you know, they're obviously they know that Chivas is in in a rut, but that these games, you know, you know, the, 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 these type of games can bring the best out of any team, even depending, you know, independent of how they are, you know, in, uh, in the in the tables, in the league table standings. Um, but I, I think after the the game where America lost four uh, one with Tigres, obviously you know bouncing back was a plus. Uh, the game with Guatemoc, you know Blanco being uh, paid a tribute for his time and what he did for the club. Obviously, you know Americanismo right now is very strong. So do you think that because of that, then America is just a, regardless of the fact that this is the Clásico, they throw the records out, they're still a heavy favorite, and they should have no problem winning in Guadalajara, where frankly Guadalajara actually for the past few years has not done well at home in this game anyway. So no, you're right, you're right. America actually, you know, has the better of them. Um, I, I just think overall America is functioning better as a team uh, than Chivas. You know, you know, obviously, I mean, the the the, the tables tell you that, you know. The, the Chivas is fighting a relegation battle, so there's just a, it seems there, there seems to be a lot more pressure with Chivas right now. So it, it no, would be speaking of Chivas, if America loses, it would be an embarrassment. Just like you guys would lose to MLS. You know, if America lost, I would want I would put a gun in my mouth and pull the trigger. Well, I mean, and Chivas make a Chivas fan clean up the mess. Chivas lost right now, obviously with uh, with Dorados. Uh, there's the you know the, the whole thing that's going on with Gulit Benya. Obviously, you know, uh, you know, a lot of people you know are mad at Omar Bravo because you know from what was it a week ago or two weeks ago where he missed that penalty, I think. Angel um, Reina. So I mean, right now, I mean, a lot of the articles that I'm reading in, in Chivas is is just all the bad signings that they've had in the past couple of years. So it, it just seems to me there's just a lot of negativity. Around that club, you know, uh, you started talking about Chivas, and I mean, it's—it's. It's, I don't think it's a coincidence that that Joel Aceves finally joined the podcast. I think it's kind of like when we say La Volpe three times, and Fernando shows up. You start talking bad about Chivas, and Joel pops out of nowhere to defend his team. Joel, how are you doing tonight? Hello, John. Pretty good. Yeah. Are you Pretty confident, good. Joel? Uh, Quietly confident? Not really, no. No. 
So you think that like 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 uh, like Ronnie's saying that that it should be in a comfortable win for for Club America. No, I wouldn't say comfortable, but they are favorites. They were saying uh, I was reading an article there. They they are expected to be the home team. So they're gonna have more people at at, at the Omni Life rooting for America than there are for Chile. Keep in mind, America was the first team to fill up the stadium over there. <laughs> I mean, they they even You're had absolutely they even right. Brought, they even brought Manchester United, and they didn't fill up the Omni Life. America was actually the first team to actually fill up stadium. So it's, it's, it's all those Chilangos that ran away from the '86 earthquake. So is that like you know how uh, they say that uh, you know when New Orleans had their had their flood and, and that awful stuff that happened during <laughs> Katrina that all the crime went to Houston? Is that what you're saying happened to Guadalajara? <laughs> Pretty all much. The city crime went to Guadalajara. All the knockers went to Guadalajara, and that's ruined the gene pool as well. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this: <laughs> if that's if that's the case, then why are there so many Cubas that go to the Angel? When you know they win something, they go to the Angel to celebrate. I mean, there's obviously a lot of Chivas fans in Guadalajara. I mean, in Mexico City. Oh, you're confusing me. You, do you mean the Minerva? No, no, no. I, I'm saying at the Angel in oh, Mexico it... City. When you know the well, once that you know the ten-year event when Chivas wins a the championship, they go to the Guadalajara <laughs> <Ivana Lange> para celebrar. <laughs> ten-year. Oh man. <laughs> I don't know. I I haven't lived in uh, the F.A. I've been there, but I've never. I don't. You know, I don't know what it's like. So you you mentioned earlier this week, Cohen, that that you you have a, an America jersey, but you but you use it to wash the car. It's it's my dog's chew toy. And now, now it's your dog's chew toy. <laughs> so what, what what what's the next step in the process? Would that be like 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 your dog's something that you put in the dog's house so you can sleep on it, or would you use it to like to clean up the unfortunate accidents that your dog might have? No, just just till the dog, uh, you know, chews through it, recycles it naturally. And so then you buy a new America shirt, and and the process starts all over. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't buy it. No. Did, did now this shirt that you have? Did you buy it, or did somebody give it to you, or yeah, did you it find was, it in it the was, trash? It was. Yeah, it was gifted. Who who would give you an America? It wasn't it wasn't Ronnie. Ronnie didn't you give could, you. You could you could find for Americanistas listening, you could find a lot of America shirts in uh, at Ross. They're That's like, very true. You know, they're I have like, seen, they're, they're like ten dollars. Like dollars, yeah, I've seen that. Barcelona shirts too. Yeah. Not the original one though. They'll do like. Uh, no, they got original training one. I've seen originals. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the now, training kids. For the folks that don't know, and maybe Ronnie can help us out with this. Why is this game? Why is this game considered the Clásico Nacional, Ronnie? What what? What makes this game so important in, the, in, in, in the, the tapestry of the Liga MX season? Why is this the game that everyone looks at and go, this is the game I have to watch? Well, it's, it's, uh, it's not an easy answer. Um, throughout the history of the, of the Mexican League, there's been numerous derbies that were as passionate, if not more, um, one being Atlante Necaxa. It's but, a very uh, passionate ascenso. Classico, uh, well, the classico del ascenso. Well, well, no, 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 no. Actually, that was that was probably perhaps the the, the most fiercest one. Uh, Atlante Necaxa. We're talking back in the 1930s and 40s. Sure. No, well, there were two uh, of the original one of the original teams. It makes sense. Yes, I mean they're uh, they're, they're actually I think they're celebrating their uh, their centennials as well, either this year or next year. 
Um, and so, I mean, they're they're right up there. Um, Necaxa fell out of favor uh, in the 1950s when, or I'm sorry, they actually fell out of favor when the league went professional in 1943. So for they were they were a union, right? They were like the electricians. Yeah, the, yeah, they were, they were the electricians. So they didn't they didn't uh, the owners didn't want to pay the players. So for eight years they ceased to exist. They didn't exist. So um, believe it or not, a lot of fans started ad uh, adopting Guadalajara back in those days because of the stripes. Um, so anyhow, so that, that Clásico fell out of favor. Obviously, the, the Spanish Clásico, which was also very huge, which was Asturias in España, that fell out of favor in, also in the 1950s when uh, they were basically thrown out of the league because of uh, anti-Spanish sentiments. Um, and it, it just, it just kind of happened by, I wouldn't say accident, but the whole Chilango provincia, you know, people from the capital and people from the provinces, uh, that sort of socioeconomic, you know, uh, angle was kind of used. Sure. Now, for folks and, that don't know, like, I'm a Chilango. Yeah. I grew up in Mexico City, so to me, the whole rest of the country is La Provincia. So yeah, yeah. please, please continue. So, I mean, obviously, that that had to, that fueled a lot of it. Uh, in '59, uh, uh, America was purchased by uh, obviously Televisa or Telesistema, the owner of what would become Televisa. So, it, it just you know they invested a lot of money, and um, at the time, you know, Chivas they were the good guys, and America just you know you know started investing money, and before you know it. You know, they started competing. So America I mean, wanted to be the bad guys to the good guys that that that, that Chivas. Well, yeah, yes. I mean, uh, Ascarga. They wanted to Ascarga's, be the bills. Yeah, Ascarga's uh, uh, grandfather did actually did say that. You know, they're, they're the good guys in the movie. We, we don't right. want to be in the bad guys. Right. They wanted uh, to armar, armar la bronca to get the ratings and thus over the years. Yeah. So I mean, there's the and, and, and a lot of things like for you know, there's also another you know lo, uh, quote that uh, also caused an uproar when uh, there was this one season where uh, Jose Antonio Roca said uh, the best way to or best way to dial Guadalajara is two zero two zero two zero and and he was basically making fun of the team from Guadalajara because uh, America had gone over there to to Guadalajara and beat you know all the Guadalajara teams all the Tapatio teams two zero two zero two zero. Another Those reason why this is called a little <laughs> podcast. That's right. Yeah. So yeah. So I mean, uh, I mean, I've, I mean, from you know, magazines and books that I have, and you know, articles that I've, you know, that are that are that I read. I mean, the back in the '60s and you know '70s. I mean, when Mexico would play, and they would have national teams. You know, they said that most of the guys that were from the provinces would would basically. You know, just you know, just talk and and and. I mean, they could and, barely tie their shoes. <laughs> no, that they, I mean, that they wouldn't really, you know, establish any sort of friendships with the guys from the capital, because of you know the differences. Well, they were you know, intimidated, and, obviously. You know, somebody from Mexico City. You know, you you have to hold them in high respect. Well, and I, I mean, understand that completely. Uh, to a certain degree, I guess the people from the Mexico City were a little bit more educated. Well, without question. I mean, there's. I mean. Lots. Let's not mince words here. I mean, that's exactly what was going on. <laughs> so I mean, th yeah, there's, it, there's, 
I mean, it, it's not so much. I mean, it's not as much as like you know the socioeconomics of like let's say, uh, you know Barcelona, you know Real Madrid, where it's you know more political. You, it was more political, or it wasn't as religious, you know, as 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 Rangers, Celtic, and stuff like that. It just so had it to be more. It sounds to me that that this rivalry is more of a made for TV. One of the the first made for TV rivalries. Because of the fact that the you know the villain or the bad guy. Well, no, no. I mean, to to an extent, yes. But I mean, the whole Chilango thing, you know that that runs. I mean, even even today, I mean, that's still you know, you know, in Chilango in many parts, is, you know, some people still take offense to it. I don't not know as, why we're, not, we're, we're we're such lovely people. No, I mean, not as much as it used to, but I mean, it, it used to be you know you you wouldn't just say that to somebody. You know, it's like pinche Chilango or something like that. Well, no, you would. I mean, no one would ever say that to a Chilango. It's not to their face because you have to say, "Sí, señor. Aquí estoy para servirle, señor. ¿Cómo le puedo ayudar, señor? ¿Cómo le puedo atender, por favor?" Yeah, yeah, I, I totally understand that. Now, Joel said that he uses his America shirt as his dog's chew toy. What Chivas item do you use as a common household object? I uh, I don't spend my money on them. You so you don't want to sell, you don't want to support them. So you don't have like a Chivas toilet brush or anything. No. No. Not even no. a Chivas dildo? No. <laughs> I didn't no. know there was such a thing. You know, we didn't say La Volpe three times, so you've come on your own, Fernando. Fernando Regino has joined us, fresh from a a victory in the Clásico Norteño, which I was, I was surprised you took it. Either you were very busy not being social on social media, which is very possible, or you know you just you know you were very very calm about the whole victory. I was uh, I was very impressed. So well, so uh, I, go they, ahead they, go ahead Fernando. You know, the, the outcome was not in question. It was just how it was going to be done. That's really it. Now I'm going to ask you one more time. Last week <clears throat> Tigres was playing Real Salt Lake in the Conca Champions. Did you or did you not? I'm not saying you had to root for a team. Did you or did you not root against Tigres? Well, you know, at this point, it doesn't matter who I root for, you know, because no matter what, DC United or MLS teams just don't have enough to take on. That's not the question I asked you. You are, Dude, you are, jumping you are pool, pivoting. You man. are pivoting. You are pivoting. Just, just cannonball into the yeah. pool. Just, just give me <laughs> something, it. man. Just say it. You know, just please. No, well, well, you know, I'm just, I, that's all I got to say about that, you know. It's pretty simple. Liga, uh, Liga MX teams, no matter how crappy they are, you know, they're going to make it through. Look at Querétaro. Trash. Look at Santos. You know, but they, they're making it in La, La Liga Campeones. So. You, you know what, though? On, on that note, Mexican teams are playing international tournaments. They usually don't do that good in league play. So that, that benefit, that helped Monterrey beat Tigres. Absolutely. And just just like Chivas, it helped them beat Querétaro. Well, you know, Even that's then. a that's a good excuse. Who, who must is throwing their game today? They're I think they're losing like they, they lost. It's over. They sent us uh, uh right? such a topic we'll discuss a little later. Yeah, and it's part yeah. of the reason, you know, they, yeah. they wanted to at this point they decided to favor the league. Well Which, it's because they just don't have a they don't have depth. As you were saying, Fernando, please. Yeah, they don't have depth, so I can understand why. They, if they can only compete in one league, they're just going to have to pick and choose. I'm, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for it. <laughs> it's going to happen. <laughs> um, you know, it hasn't I happened. Do... It hasn't... Okay. What? 
No, no, I, I was, I was waiting for someone to chime in about teams that were able to handle both, but it didn't happen. It didn't <clears> happen <throat> a little bit later. John? Yes. I was Santos. just going to ask if, um, if Monterrey um, is taking part in any um, international competition. Monterrey is not taking part in any international because they haven't qualified for any international competition. And in fact, well, no, the last time Monterrey played in the Libertadores, they played the entire tournament with a reserve team, yeah. which frankly I found offensive. Wait, don't don't we already know who qualified for the CONCACAF Champions League for next year? For well, Mexico? we have two that have already qualified up. The Tigres and Pumas have qualified. And then the two finalists from this this year's tournament will then fill out the... Uh, Right now, Tigres is, uh, uh, Rayados is playing the very prestigious Copa Corona MX. Is oh, please. Right <laughs> well, you know, uh, if, if, uh, if Monterrey makes it to the Champions League next, you, know, you already know who's going to be winning it. So. Well, Monterrey does very well when they play in the Champions League. They don't necessarily do well when they go and play in the Club World Cup. Did he say if? No, I think oh, he said yeah. when. I think he said when. Oh, okay, okay. Yes. I, just, yeah, well, I was just curious. He's okay. fully expecting Mon Monterrey. I almost did it. You know, I know that the Academia Española <laughs> is listening. I did not say Monterrey. I said Monterrey. I'm being very careful with how I pronounce it. Just call him La Pandilla. Then I don't have to worry about it. We were talking about... You're progressing well, though, John, because like previously you would actually go ahead and say it. This time you actually stopped short. I did, I did, but I'll, I'll probably say it a little bit later. Hey, now we're so. talking. Yes, please. Who's? I was going to say the learning, accepting that there's a problems at first step, but now you found the solution. Good job. Look, I I will say this about Monterrey. They have easily the best stadium, and that that new stadium is gorgeous. Aside from its little ventilation issue, it's just it's it's really 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 nice. It's uh, there's it, it's, it, it is going to make Tigres want to upgrade their stadium within the next four or five years. And I fully the expect there to be a new stadium in Mexico City, in Mexico City within the next ten. No, they I didn't the like the, that. That I already... didn't like the stadium, man. The the everything seems so in order. Like all the all the rows in Monterrey. I mean they had a good fan base and like they were loud. But I seem to like the the Volcan a lot better where there's a bunch of disorder like in the on the corner where the where the uh Libres and locals are. That's, That's because the, they don't have seats. I know, there's no seats, it's just like... Yeah, it's trash. Of course, it's going to... So, so like in Monterey, they're just sitting there like sip, uh, sipping cups of teas and sipping a cup of really? tea. Really? So you're saying that they're tea sips, tea sips at the... Yeah. At the Dang. You're just going to take that, Pern? Yeah, now, let me ask you this. When they sip their tea, do they stick their pinky out, you know, because they're so classy, or, or do they keep it tucked in? They're, they're the fresas in Monterrey over there. Right? <laughs> there's, well, there's, there's no question that is because, I mean... You know, Monterrey, you know, the Tigres is like the people's team because it, you know, represents the university, the public university. Monterrey, where they played, was Monterrey, Monterrey Tech, you know, the Tecnológico, which is a private school. It's kind of like the UADG or some of the other private schools that are, you know, in and around. The, the, so there is a little bit of truth to that. In fact, um, the Tecnológico has campuses all over the all over the country, but that's a topic for, for another day. Now, back to back to the Clásico, and I was, I was talking to to Joel about his America shirt, and then, and then Ronnie said that he refuses to buy anything Chivas related because even if it's negative, it's still because of the licensing supporting Chivas in, in, in some way. So no Chivas toilet he, paper. He just no says that, John. I, just just says, I, I know yeah. he has magazines and, and uh, DVD videos for his... Uh, 
I know his black collection. Uh, Hoyle is right. I do have a lot of, uh, you know, videos and you know, magazines and books. So, I mean, I mean, are you a secret Chivas fan? Are you a no, Chivas fan? No, I have I have a bunch of stuff on Tigres, Toluca, America, Necaxa, Unam, Cruz Azul. I mean, before I mean, uh, I know. Look, before internet, people read, you know, books and magazines. What Call the hell fashion. is a book? <laughs> Called me old-fashioned. Interesting. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, I mean, I think you are a, uh, you're a secret. You want, you secretly want Chivas to do well. No, I mean, keep in mind, like for example, I posted on Twitter a couple, you know, I've actually posted it a couple times, like that uh, football, you know, the football, the magazine football total from what, twelve years ago. We had got us Proyecto Chivas, the ambitious. Uh, now let me ask you this: now that it hasn't happened. Honestly, are the pages sticking together? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, they are. <laughs> I understand. And, now, and then, uh, and then I'll, I also took a, a photo of the book that was written back in like in the in the sixties, no seventies, uh, no sixties, late sixties, no, yeah, seventies. Hubo un hubo un equipo campeonísimo, you know. And I'm going to write the book that there was a team. In the first division, once Chivas goes down, probably by the end of next year. Yes, I'm hoping. Yeah, I'm gonna write that book. Compete with them next year for the for the ascent. So no, that's that's a that's a very noble and ambitious project. I wish you I wish you luck with it. Now today I was watching the Champions League. I was able to watch the early game between uh, Zenit, Saint Petersburg, and Benfica out of Lisbon. And Raúl Jiménez made a fantastic play. Uh, his his uh, <clears throat> was able to turn uh, volley a little bit, and then had this amazing shot on goal that ended up being parried off the goalie and off the crossbar. And then his teammate, uh, guy by the name of Gaetan, was able to score. And it made me realize that you know if, if if he wasn't at Benfica and he didn't get sold to Atlético Madrid last year. He would probably right now be the the el máximo ídolo de of uh, of América, Club América, if he would have stayed. I don't think there's a, there's a doubt in my mind. I mean, the guy is supremely talented. There's no question. And it got me thinking, you know, especially with with Cuauhtémoc retiring the way he did, and and, it, and the juxtaposition of the shots was incredible because they they had they both had very similar plays. Raúl Jiménez hits a ball from 35 yards out on a rope. Hits the crossbar. I mean, you could just the ball never moved. Guatemoc's shot, you know, came off a 43-year-old man's leg. That just kind of went like a little globito and then hit the and hit the post. But you know, obviously, he was the last you know major major idol from either team, from uh, Chivas and from America, uh, to play in the Clásico. And you know, if 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 we had the situation where we were in maybe 15, 20 years ago. I think it's safe to say that right now, the the if 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 they hadn't have left, the the idolos right now for for both teams would be Chicharito obviously for Chivas, and Raúl Jiménez for for uh, America. So my question to you is, where are these idolos? Where is Mexico going to get these 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 transcendent figures to help them market their teams and market the leagues? Well, America, America already has already has their next title, and that's obviously Ruben Sambuesa. No, not Darwin Quintero, por Dios. Dude, Ruben Sambuesa has been playing in the league for 10 years. Right, but, I mean, you know, the guy's been out of America for, what, three years? Is there a player on that team over the over this amount of time that 
embodies what America, you know, what they're all about. Come he on. is that a cheat. That you're absolutely right. He he cheats. So there's no. Well, well here, right. here here here's the thing. It's not. And, and the, well, there's a reason why people, you know, Americanistas love sambo. It is very difficult to win at America, meaning you know, win the press, win the fans, and stuff. Yeah, and he's and, actually done that. And he's done it. And he's done it. So in <clears> that but, respect, but, you know, he's done it with what he's done in the field. I mean, uh, when when he came. When he came to America, people laughed at Miguel Herrera for bringing him over to America. Let's be honest. People are like, why is he bringing this guy? And, you know, he came from Tecos, you know. And, and the guy is showing the field that he is more than capable of being that guy at America. And, and you know, uh, even through the ups and downs, he's been one of the constants. He's been the guy that sort of, you know, fires everybody up and, and has a chip on his shoulder. And, you know, he's... I think, you know, within a year or two, I mean, if you look at what he has done and what he can do with America... Well, he's I, a good player. See, There's no question. But he's a guy that people are going to put on... You know, they're going to put on the show. <laughs> Joel, the game hasn't happened cool yet. Don't throw yourself gotta, in the tracks just yet. I know, right? <laughs> Come on, Joel. We, say, we need to talk you down. I got to say that, uh, uh, Sam, I really love that Sam Wesson stomp on... Dempsey, that was so good, man. It's almost like Kobe Jones and Marco Marquez. You know, I heard somebody on the radio uh, discuss that play, and it made a lot of sense. He said that that, 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 that play, you know, the, the fact that it was an American that were going to happen to it, of course, here in the country, they're like, oh, my God, how could anyone possibly do that in, you know, in this honorable game that we play? But the guy <laughs> yeah. said that any South American, if, if, if he gets taken down like that and the dude's face is on the ground, he said, you can bet any amount of money that any South American player is going to do exactly what Sam West said did to Dempsey. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Take advantage of a situation. That's what you do. You know, and that's what you do. And, and, and uh, I still think that it was all kind of unintentional. You know? Um, well, I don't think he, he made he it look to... unintentional. He knew exactly what he was doing. Uh, it was intentional, man. Yeah. It was absolutely action. intentional. <laughs> I'm going to play, I'm gonna play devil's advocate here. I'm gonna I'm gonna just say I'm just gonna say this. I don't think it was intentional, but even if it was, I mean, he may not have is. intended to drag his face, but he he definitely intended to drag his cleats. There's no question. There's no question. Great stuff. Now well, my my question about about Sambu is a great player, and and and, and Ronnie, you're absolutely <clears> right. <throat> it, it America is a very tough place to play because of how popular they are and how and the, and the high standards and, and Sambu was able to meet that. But is Sambu the kind of guy that people are going to print t-shirts about? It's it, it, well here's the thing. And I and I know I, th I, th I think I've mentioned this before. The uh, Mexican pitcher um, are, you, are you getting mad? Are you going to get mad on us? Are you getting mad? No, no, no. Esteban uh, Esteban Loaiza Esteban we'll be Loaiza mad later. <laughs> no, Esteban Loaiza when he was coach when he was pitching for the Colorado Rockies and then he went off to the Yankees. He said, you know, one of the biggest difference was that, you know, when he was with the Rockies, you know, at the most he'd get four or five reporters, you know, uh, after every game after he pitched. When he went to the Yankees, you're literally talking to a hundred reporters after the game, and not all of it is good. They're, they criticize everything. So, you know, it, I mean, playing for a team like America is like that, but worse because. They criticize not just what you do, but what you don't do, what you say, what you don't say. And very few players have the testicular 
fortitude and to handle that type of pressure. I mean, I mean, look at look what you know. And certain teams like you know, to an extent, Chivas, to an extent, Cruz Azul, you know, know how to you know create that sort of environment for players. It's like Chaco Jimenez. Yeah, sure, he can he can you know he can he can uh, play well in 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 Pachuca. You know where the press is. You know, you know they don't. It's not like they criticize you if you're champion one season and then the following season. And I think they've done it like two or three or four times. I I, I have to check again, but where they're champions and then the following season, they, they don't even a, make uh, America in the championship. If I'm not mistaken. Well, they don't. They don't even make the playoffs the next season, and the press doesn't say anything. You know, and you know when you're with America, I mean the pressure's on, twenty four seven. Right. Any loss is a major crisis. So yeah, I mean. Right, right, right now. There's actually members of the press, both here in the U.S. and in Mexico, that want to, you know, have the, you know, they want to make the people believe that, you know, America's in sort of, some sort of crisis. Imagine and if, if Guli was it, Albert. That guy would be feeling the pressure. He's in Chivas and he's still feeling the pressure and getting insulted left and right. Who's that? Yeah. Guli, Pena. If he was in America, he wouldn't handle. He'd be crying all every night in his bed. Well, the good thing for him is that Leon is close, so he can he can get to his bar. Apparently, he owns a bar in Leon, and that's where he goes. <laughs> I mean, and, and, and like and, and like for example, and, and and this is a perfect example, Miguel Ayun. I mean, he he withstood a lot of criticism. Ronnie, I, I think at, you're getting mad. I think this is time for our new segment. It sounds like and, you're and he a took, little, your no, no. a little bit. No, I'm no just, I think no, it I'm is. Actually, hang, on, I, hang on one second. Hang on one second. I'm actually, I'm actually laughing. Hey, give me a second. Because who's I'm going to let player? you speak. I'm, I'm going to let you who, speak. Who, hang on. Who's the player, who's the player that said, who's the player <laughs> that said, uh, oh, please don't, 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 don't attack me. It hurts my feelings. Ronnie, I have, I have a new segment for you. I'm going to let you speak. Here it goes. You ready? It's yeah. time for Ronnie's rant. Ronnie's rant. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what we're yelling about. Go ahead. <laughs> no, but remember Marquito, Marquito Fabian. Remember yes. what he said? Yes. What did he say? I don't remember. Dos copas, por favor. No, no, no. Joel, Joel, do you remember what Marquito Fabian said? You, you just said it. What? What? what okay. What did he say? He, he just he didn't want to be criticized by the fans. Why? Because it hurt his feelings. Yeah, it hurt. <laughs> yeah, come on. I'm just saying. I mean, America right now has a Sambu who's on the path of being, you know, I guess or not. I mean, he's won what three? He's won what two league titles? Been to three, you know, three championships. One uh, Concacaf. Uh. I mean, I, I I think if he keeps it up, you Does know, it if he have to be a Mexican though to be the idol. No, would you say Cabinho's not an idol in Puma? No, I mean every idol America's had outside of Cuauhtémoc and maybe Capitan Furio have all been foreigners. No, Sagi. Half Brazilian. Have, like, Carlos, <laughs> Carlos Reynoso. No, 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 Cristóbal Ortega. No, Cristóbal Ortega. Alberto Otes. No, Ortega. No, you had. You had obviously, you know, uh, Sage. You had, you know, Aquivaldo Mosquera. Oh Jesus! <laughs> what is? What did you call him? Uh, Tronquivaldo. <laughs> Daniel Vizcarrondo. You know, and, and there, there are obviously, you know, some players and coaches that do get signed by America. They just can't handle. It. I mean, I think of um, 
of Pelado Diaz, who right now I think is isn't he coaching Paraguay? Yes, sir. Coming up, yeah. I mean, he was in America for three weeks or however long it was, and he had to go because he had no idea how competitive the league was, and doubly had no idea of the pressure that that, that comes with coaching a team like America. And now we see that pressure again over on the other side with Chivas, not necessarily as much because you know Guadalajara is you know one of the one of the towns of Provincia, so you know obviously they don't get the you know the, the press that a team like Club America would get. But we've you know we've seen the owner succumb from the pressure, coaches left and right. You know we saw as you guys mentioned the uh, Julet Peña, he was rumored to have. Now Joel, maybe you can fill us in. Did did he show up drunk or hungover or both? They don't they don't want to say. No, they said he he showed up with his breath smelling of liquor. What kind no, of no, but, but Ordiales did a press conference. I have I have a quote. Would you like to hear yeah. Ordiales' quote? I have it right here. Wait, wait. Before the, go, oh, oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to track back when you were talking about uh, Pelado Diaz going to America. Yes, please just, do. Just on his defense. I mean, he had come from River Plate where he had a very good team like in the late 90s. And uh, I think he was just used to having more freedom to coach the team as opposed to going to America where, you know, he wasn't going to have complete control. Now, to his defense, he did have to deal with that that that, that soccer guru, Michel Bauer, and, who was who was running America. Yeah, I don't know if you guys who, remember. It happened to when Ben Hacker returned to America and uh, everyone was thinking he was going to find the next Kalusha or Bijik because he was vacationing in Africa. And uh, when he when he when he gets to Mexico, they had already hired all the refuerzos. Do you think he was looking for the third gunman? <laughs> nah, nah. No, I've always thought that Pelado Diaz just underestimated uh, the the quality of the league and 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 also underestimated but, the kind of pressure he would be under at America because at River Plate, you know, obviously River Plate's a huge club. And they're under a lot of pressure as well to perform, not just from the fans, but from did, the president. Did I don't remember too much. Did he arrive before or after Pasarela? After. Yeah, Pasarela was in like 2003. Yeah, no, uh, Benalo Diaz came in like 07, 08. Yeah, because see, they're, they're pretty close. I'm sure he would have gotten some references from Pasarela. That was at the time because when... Because Pasarela even was... brought him to River Plate. Recently, and uh, they hated him at River because he took over right after uh, they got rid of Almeida, and then they gave it to to Pelado. And uh, I was I was over there at the time, and a lot of the fans he was getting a lot of criticism, and and Pasarela, you know, backed them up, and he ended up, you know, helping build that squad that that won. He won the league title, and then after he left. Gallardo no. took over and, and did really good, huh? If you guys don't, if you guys may recall, the when Pelado Diaz left, that was kind of the beginning of the end for America. That was it started their their slide to the point where even they were flirting a little bit with a sense of when they when two they, or three they years went, later. when they finished in last place. It's repeatedly they finished in last place. Well, you know, obviously they had to deal with you know the 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 shooting of Cabañas at the at the at the bar. And they had, you know, the great Michel Bauer. Who it wasn't repeatedly. It was only one season. 
Was it, it was Bauer and Ordiales. Yeah, but I mean, let's face it. You know, Michelle Bauer was a soccer guru because actually on, it was Canedo. It was a website. It was Canedo. Website, America's website. It said that he was a graduate of the Cruyff Institute. That yeah. was the extent <laughs> of his credentials to be a general. It was Can it was Canedo. It was Canedo. It wasn't. It was. It wasn't. Mich wasn't Michelle Bauer no, the, the general no, it was manager? No, was, it, was it was Canedo, and, and I know that because uh, he 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 had uh, uh, Ruben Obarro, Romano. Who basically, you know, Cañedo kind of stuck his hands in the fire for him, and things didn't just weren't going very well, and uh, and that's you know because uh, keep in mind, you know, Cañedo started off very strong, you know, winning a, a league. Is that Cañedo White? Yeah, Cañedo White, <laughs> the son, the son, or yeah, the son. He came in, you know, fairly strong, winning the you know the championship in 2005, and then obviously in 2005. Yeah, but he uh, left, and he was replaced by Bauer. Yeah, yes, he he was, he was, but the the whole when they, when they reached you know rock bottom, it was when they, uh, Cañedo. So they reached rock bottom, and their solution was that was to put in Michelle Bauer in place. Well, uh, you know Michelle, you know Bauer was a, a Televisa guy, you know. So that's America's version of Angelica Fuentes. Well, I mean, remember, I mean, it's... <laughs> look, Michelle Bauer was obviously somebody's something. He was. Uh, <laughs> nephew, niece, God, so whatever it was, he was in a position of power that that frankly he didn't didn't have the the didn't have the qualification or the pedigree to take, and that's why they had to bring in Pelaez because the guy made a mess, and Pelaez came in, cleaned everything up, brought in Herrera, who has you know it's very rare to have a coach that understands both ends of the business, that understands what it takes to crawl out of the the senso and what it takes to win. So he needed a coach that understood both, and he was able to bring Herrera in, and I think it obviously... Well, keep, you know, well it, it's not like I'm defending Bauer, but keep in mind, they also had Ordiales there. Technically, a guy that basically is supposed to understand both, you know, both sides uh, of the, you know, the business, both the sporting and the uh, administrative, and Ordiales right now is in Chivas. Let's I, let's hear from Ordiales. I do I do have a soundbite. He was <laughs> now I took this from the Guadalajara's official YouTube page, so I'm trying to maybe you guys can explain to me why they're playing the music they're playing in the background. So let's go ahead and play it. Este chisme que se ha armado, porque es un chisme, no, eh, y que se se hacen al, alrededor de él eh, muchas especulaciones. La realidad no, no existe nada. Él está entrenando. Si ustedes vinieron a ver los entrenamientos, entrenó. Eh, normalmente ayer estuvo entrenando y estuvo entrenando eh, sentido de, de, de generar un entorno negativo la realidad es que no hay ningún problema con él este y está entrenando normalmente so when I hear that music I'm thinking is that the music that they play when the podóloga gives them the gives them masajes because that's like new age massage music or the the what's it called the paleteros coming <laughs> or the paleteros coming, you know, you know, could be one or the other. Now, Joel, you think that that they, this is a massive cover-up? Julit was was not only. I don't. Drunk, I don't see the reason. I don't. Yeah, I don't see the reason for a press conference if there was nothing there. So, do you think that they're actually going to bat for him, or they realize, hey, that this is our 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 fichaje flamante, our new player that we brought in to help us out, and. He is just completely wasted at practice. You, well, you know the team finally managed to win, and then this just makes and he the scored. Team look, scored. 
Yeah, and then this just looks bad for the team. And I was just seeing right now, they were just eliminated from the Copa MX. And we're playing at home, you know. The, Two Dorados of all the, teams. The Clásico del Descenso. And, uh, That's right. So, <laughs> yeah, I just, I just think uh, it's just they're covering up because, you know, you have a Clásico and they're probably hoping that a win there could just help save the season. Now, a, I did read sense. today that what, what Hulit does entre semana before practice, that he goes back to León and he has a bar that he owns there in León, like La Puerta de Hierro or something like that is what it's called. And he doesn't go in through the front. He goes into the back. And apparently this last week, he was so wasted that he wrecked three other cars. Like he hit three other cars with his car. Again, this is from a newspaper, so you know, take it for what it's worth. I'm not reporting it as as truth or whatever. I just it just something that was that was reported, and I think it was Marca. So take it for where it came from. But it seems like this is something that that one of the reasons why he was unloaded to uh, Chivas in the first place is that our boy Julita has a bit of a problem. My advice to you: is to start drinking heavily. So. <laughs> Hey, but hey, John, just just yes, to sir. clear just to clear things up, uh, Cañedo, Cañedo, it was in, in 2008. That's when he well, that's when he put in his uh, resignation after you know leading the team or not him, but you know he was the president uh, where America finished last in the standings uh, in 2008. Uh, I think he, he was with the team with three three and a half years. So then won a couple uh, of championships. Uh, well, he won the the Supercopa. Which against Pumas, I don't know if you remember that one, and he also won the league title in 2000 in 2005. And he uh, lost but, the uh, the 2007 to Pachuca. I believe yes. it was one of those games that you listed as a game that that, that me chaps your ass. Yeah, yeah. That, it did piss me off. Well, it, but then one, in, one of in, his ass chappers. In 2000 in 2008, that's when uh, Bauer uh, came in with uh, with what's his name with uh, Ordiales and stuff like that, and that's when and they brought in. Well, that's when they brought in Pelado. Uh, they, they brought, well, I mean, that's when they brought in El Pelado. What's his name? Right. Pelado, Pelado Diaz. But to, to his credit, to, to and I mean, it, yeah, it's really easy to to in hindsight to basically just attack, you know, Bauer. And honestly, I I gave him like maybe about a year year and a half before I started criticizing him. Uh, you know, Pelado Diaz. Remember, he had he had won. Uh, a year before, he had won the title with San Lorenzo. I'm not questioning Pelado's credential. The dude is a good coach. Yeah. Again, my, my issue with, with Pelado was that he underestimated the league and he underestimated the, the kind of pressure he would be under. I don't think he was ready for it at all. And, you know, worse for him, he laughed it off. He never he never embraced it. And, and he just was never – he never fully – bought into the whole Americanism when it was a problem. And it was a problem for the guys that brought him in, obviously, because then they had to scramble. You know, you can only bring in the Bombero Luna so many times. And they brought him in like three times because of the, the coaches that they would hire, you know, they'd have to be gone after 15 games or whatever it was. I mean, there was, there was a point where America was, you know, there was almost Vergara-like when, when, and how often they were firing coaches. No, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean that's that, that that's common for every club in the Mexican league. I'm still gonna defend Pelado, John. Oh no, defend Pelado. I, he, I really defend likes Pelado have, he likes having like a lot of control, and and one of the reasons he left River Plate was he had his son in the 
in the coaching staff, and he didn't like like criticism over that. I mean, I understand. All I'm saying is that I, I don't think that Pelado was a good fit for America. And it kind of makes me wonder if they understood that when they were doing the interviewing process or if there, if there even was an interview process you, to figure you that know, out. But you know, you know that you bring up that point. There was a, there was a problem with America. Too many chiefs. And I, think, I think that's why they've been successful now with, with just Pelaez, you know, having more control over the squad. Yeah, I mean, one of the big reasons I think why Herrera started to unravel with the national team was because he didn't have that buffer between him and the federation, which is Belias. I think Belias really helped him out in that situation, but that's going to be a topic for for another day, I think. Well, Ronnie, is, is your rant over? Do we need to, to bring it back? Or are you good? No, I'm good. You're good. Fair enough. Yeah, I got a quick little, uh, little rant on this Gulik stuff. Please, by all means, rant away. I was listening to... Sorry, uh, I don't have a, a musical introduction for yours. Oh, that's all good. I was listening to Jorge Ramos, and they brought up, like, the, and Ronnie and I think some others, have. Uh, we've talked about the morality issues before, but um, they brought up a comment of Latinos or Hispanics liking, liking to enjoying parties and stuff, and they just rattled off some examples, like, in recent times, uh, Vela, you got Fabian, Salcido, Vidal from Copa America, uh, and then Hamas recently at Real Madrid, has, I think they're like trying to get rid of him because he's having these little parties and stuff. They're like all these, all these dudes have uh, have a gift. Like their life is a gift. Their skill, their abilities to to play at this level. And Vela is the most severe case of it. But they're just wasting their their talents. They're just wasting all their abilities on doing all these like drinking and this is the morality issue where uh, you know drinking, partying. And not coming at 100% uh, for their teams. Let me, Drunk let me, uh, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. <laughs> John, yeah, what would uh, second just uh, one second before you do that? Uh, what would what would Cheech do? Cheech praise. He praise. Yeah, man, praise. There you go. Man, Cheech just is, you know he he broke his ass with that chick. That's what Cheech does. <laughs> I was actually trying. To, I was trying to cue the the the. the the oh, Cheech? No, we're going to celebrate. celebrate. Yeah. There you go. I can't put over, Chad. Listen, As you were I, saying, Christian. I just, I just want to, like, uh, I always find these arguments uh, a little sanctimonious because, I mean, um, Beto has a good point. I mean, these guys are privileged in the sense that they get to be, it's like the 0.01% of the world's population gets to play this sport for a living. You know, and there's so many, obviously so many perks that come along with that. Um but at the end of the day, I mean, we're talking about people anyway, you know. So like, uh, you know, it just, it just, uh, I, I feel like unless it affects the player, you know, the performance on the field, I don't, I really couldn't give two f's about what they do in their free time, you know. I mean, I think that the situation with with Vela is, is this particular situation is a little troubling because, you know, the guy went to Madrid to see a Chris Brown concert. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of reasons why you could skip out on practice. I mean, you have to you question know? his his taste in music first. Exactly. I mean, that's kind of where I was going with this. I mean, that's that's a terrible. I'm extremely choice. offended by that. I extremely agree. offended by it. I, <laughs> I think we're all a little embarrassed for him. That Mandilon. He, that he skipped out to go see Chris. Out of all people. But that's the thing, though, is that he didn't Christ. skip out because it was he went 
on Sunday. Look, I'm not defending Vela at all. You know, Vela's the kind. You know, people in Europe and people in the states. You know, they always say, well, you know, people in the states live to work, and people in Europe work to live. I think I think that Vela is a player who play, who plays soccer so he can live his life. Yeah. He's not a guy that lives to play soccer. It just that's just the way he is. But from my understanding, he went to this concert on a Sunday night after his game, and then on Monday he had whatever gastro in night. So it was it wasn't the same day. That, but but the thing is, just just ask, just tell him that's what you're doing, and say, hey man, I might be a little late for practice, and they would have let him do it. Yeah, yeah. The whole thing, you know, I, it was it was obviously mismanaged, and you know, um, whatever. I just if nothing else, it, it'll just Add more fuel to the to the to the Vela fire. You know, it just you know, it goes on to the the argument that we always have. It, it's the Madonna whore complex with absolutely, athletes. Absolutely, absolutely. We want our, our athletes to be these these robots, these machines on the field, and want them to act like like saints off of it. And it's just not going to happen. It's, it's not realistic, you know. And it's just I think that it's just uh, if anything, it's part of our culture, and, and not just Mexico. I think that. Uh, in our culture, you know, Latin America, we, we tend to sort of give things that sort of dimension, you know. It's it's all very sanctimonious. Like, it's a, you know, it's a bunch of keyboard warriors at home just blasting, you know, these players for the fact that we're not even how to drink, you know. Who doesn't? I mean, I don't know about you guys, but when I can, I take advantage of happy hour and I go and I, you know, and I, I pound down to $2 shots. And, hey, I'm drunk and, right know, now. I, I'm sure you are. I mean, and you should be. I mean, I think Absolutely. our first our first episode of this podcast, uh, the majority of us were having some variation of a of an alcoholic beverage. I think, no, and I think somebody was on PCP. I'm not naming names. No, no, no. Well, you know, we want to keep that. You know, we want to keep that under wraps. You know, we don't want to blow anybody's spot. You know, but but I mean, hey, listen. I, I just you know. Uh, I want to know who was it. Well, it was you, man. It who was else you, would dude. it be? <laughs> well, the, you don't yeah. even remember. They also brought up, and I don't know, this might be totally wrong, but uh, he brought up, uh, Jorge Ramos brought up, it takes 10 days for liquor or whatever to completely get out of your body and for your body to return to its optimal state. And I don't know if that's right or not, but if that's the case, I mean, you can't be drinking in between games, in between weeks and stuff. You pretty much have your whole season, and then maybe at the end of the season or in the off season, you can you know, go crazy and stuff. Yeah, I... I mean, not, I, I understand the point of the sanctimonious attitude and all that, um, but I just think if I was a player and I had and I was making millions, which is a lot of money to just be playing a game. Yeah, absolutely. Everything in my in my, uh, you know, that that was in my hands to be the best player I could be, and that just sort of takes things away when you. Well, and but it's not like, you, but it's not like he's doing this every. It's not like right. this is happening all the time. This is a one one time thing. I, I don't think it's that big a deal. Uh, the party, I don't have a big deal with. I mean, I don't, I, don't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't care about missing practice every now and then for like a Bieber concert or something. But like, if oh, dude. Well, wait a second, now, guy. Let's let's pump the brakes here. Let's rewind. Oh, oh, yeah. How how sad. <laughs> yeah. You could have um, thrown out and I need to It was because of the fights. This fights. Made fights. Bieber was making fun of one, one of the fighters. So. That's what I came to my mind. Um, Actually, I, I wouldn't surprise me if Bieber and Vela were friends, to be honest with you. They're, they're kind of both cut from the same claw. Can you explain? <laughs> Can you go into detail there? Well, the I just think that they're both... They're both Vela would love to have them, that's for sure. They're Bella. both a little cursi. Ah, we're not can, John, when, when Vela comes to L.A. to play what? with the MLS franchise. 
Oh, you think that that's going to be the the team for him, the new I LA think, franchise? I think he checked out already. He has that thirty million dollar check guaranteed. You well, know what? We, we saw how that him. worked out for Gio. You know, Gio. Um, uh, yeah, it the, might not work out on the field, but in his bank, in his pockets. Yeah, his heart is not. Dude, said man. Like for but has, his heart's never been in it. Yeah, so more more reason to go to MLS. I don't know, man. I mean, nowadays China could throw him an extra ten million dollars, and he could just end up going there. You know, he ain't going to China. Not going to be near the Heat games or. Uh... That much is true. <laughs> but I'm saying, like, if it was going to be in the pollution, uh, there was a money issue. I think that you know, uh, you know, he'd probably just jump on that. But I don't know, man. I I feel like you know with Vela, it's just like. Um, I mean, we've always sort of known that he's just kind of a little ambivalent about the whole being a professional soccer player thing, which is it is a shame. You know, the guy is, I think, the most talented player of his generation. Um, okay, so put put your tinfoil hats on, and you know, get 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 your best conspiracy theory. Why didn't he go to Brazil? I think he, I think he, you know, I believe what he said. He said that he already skipped out on most of the. Uh, most of the cycle, and it wouldn't it wouldn't have made sense for him to join up right before the World Cup because it would have just it would have created a whole media storm anyway, and it was unnecessary after especially after what happened with Mexico and the way they qualified for the World Cup, it would have been unnecessary pressure on the team, and I think he knew that and he he kind of he did the right thing in a sense, you know, he waited out till the cycle was over, then Herrera talked to him and brought him back into the fold, and and you know I, I wouldn't question his commitment now. I mean, uh, you can question his play on the field or his level or his form, but I wouldn't question his commitment to the national team now. Exactly. Yeah, that, was, that, was, that was weak. Weak. That was a he weak got, theory. That was too realistic. I, All right, Joel, give me, give, me your, give me your conspiracy theory, Joel. I feel he was looking out for his career. He saw how bad Mexico was playing. He probably figured they were going to crush and burn at the World Cup. Didn't want that lowering his, his value. I don't know, man. I don't know. That's, that's incorrect. And I'll tell you why. I'm going to tell you why because if you guys look back, I mean, uh, we, we had a long discussion about this throughout the years. That's like conspiracy, forums. man. <laughs> That's true, but but I'll tell you why not. I'll tell you why not because uh, in the spring of 2011, once once the coach at West Brom got canned, which was Di Matteo, who was a fan of Vela, once he got canned and they brought in, I think, Steve Bruce or some other freaking guy, Vela wasn't playing a lot. And, 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 uh, and it, the schedule worked out that one of the last games for West Brom was against Arsenal, so he wasn't going to play because of the, the the loan uh the way the loan was structured. You know what? You guys remember what he did? He he, he flew into Mexico City to train with the Olympic team, the guys that were going to the Copa America because he wanted to be on the radar after a suspension. And what ended up happening was <laughs> the the federation kind of played it safe and they said, well, maybe we'll just bring him to Copa America or whatever. And then Arsenal said no because they could. And so he didn't get to go to the Copa America, and he was left out of the Gold Cup roster in favor of Angel Reina, who never – I don't think he played a single minute during the Gold Cup. Um, and after that, it just went downhill. After he did that, play, actually. I don't, I, don't, I don't remember him playing. I mean, I'm just going off, off of memory here. Uh, but I don't – if he played, it wasn't more than, you know, maybe a game during the group stage or at least, you know, 60, 70 minutes. Now – you know, my argument was always the same. You know, if Chepo was willing to give, you know, Pablo Barrera, Efrain Juarez, and Giovanni Dos Santos the benefit of the doubt, because at that point they were all kind of the same boat. None of them were playing. You know, Barrera had been pretty much erased from the West Ham roster. 
uh, Juarez wasn't even playing for Celtic, and Gio was obviously in the same situation he was at Tottenham for a couple of years. So he brings those guys in, but excludes Vela. I think that, that that was part of the reason why he didn't want to come back. So I think that he kind of stuck to his guns. He just said, you know what, screw it, like whatever. I have That's another. I have uh, another theory, by the way, John. Please. I have. I have a theory as well. Go go ahead, Daniel first, and then Ronaldo. I'm gonna say that he perhaps didn't have the stomach uh, to have the pressure thrown at him all at once, and just decided. I'm just to play it safe and and just um, just to start over and the beginning of a new cycle. I think he punked out. So you're saying he acted like a little bitch and didn't want to didn't want to deal with it. Very much so. Okay. <laughs> Ronnie, please. Now, do I need to intro this again, Ronnie? Or are you? No, hey, no. Who, I, think, I, think it, of, I think I think it has to do with the De La Torre family. I agree. Uh, but go ahead. I, I'll let you go first. I, I think it has to do with the De La Torre family. I mean. Uh, uh, obviously, Chepo started the the, uh, the campaign, you know, to go to the to uh, Brazil, and Nestor de la Torre. I, I I think it has to do with beef that he had with them, and and not so much that he, because you think about it, after de la Torre and after the Chepo, you know, uh, you know, with Piojo. And Nestor suspended him for six months, though. Well, yeah, I think it had to do, it, you know, had to do with them. I think Vergara, uh, because remember, he kind of, de- he kind of denied his Chivas roots as well. Um, and Vergara even called him out on that. Um, I, I think that he just didn't want to do anything for the De La Torres. So obviously, when you know they were kicked out, I think by that point when he said to himself, you know what, I, I don't want to be part of the team because I came on late and I don't want to be the distraction. So obviously when with uh, with the new you know crew of Cantu and, 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 and the new coaches for this you know new cycle with Piojo and everything, he says, all right, I'll, I'll join the, the, the team again. I, I think it just had to do with De La Torre. De La Torre I family. think that there was uh... – there's a De La Torre issue there, but I don't think it had anything to do with what happened while De La Torre was a national team coach and while Nestor was there. I think it all had to do with how he exited Chivas uh, after the 05 World Cup, the U17 World Cup, where uh, he signed with Arsenal and all the Chivas players, when they came back from Peru, got a new car except him. And I think that they, they thought that he was doing them wrong and they didn't treat him with the respect that he thought that he deserved. You know, they they did a lot of things uh, to do that, and I think that the fact that that Nestor suspended him and, and the fact that Chepo was not using him maybe to the best of his abilities, I think he was like, man, you guys have been screwing me for the past 10 Wait, years. You know, Chepo used him at the Gold Cup. No, he didn't. He didn't play the Gold Cup. That, that, that was uh, Vasco. Oh, snap. Yeah, that was Vasco Aguirre. Yeah, I actually have pictures of the 2009 uh, Gold Cup final in the yeah. in, uh, oh, man. New York. That was like like the the, the game of the future. We're like, thank, it's finally here. This is what we've been we've been waiting for all these years. The that five, five zero. Yeah, the yeah. five zero. It was beautiful. Yeah, so that that's what I think happened. I think that the and also I think that whatever girl he he took up to his room in Monterey, I think that it was probably some forbidden fruit. Probably somebody he probably didn't need to be. Messing with. Oh, uh, just say it, John. Come on. It was a coach's daughter. No, I have no idea. Uh, I, I think it was definitely. 
<laughs> it was definitely somebody that that. I thought uh, you were gonna say he got first dibs on a tranny. And no, then... no, no, no. I don't care about that. <laughs> uh, but I do think you know they. I'm pretty sure it was uh, somebody who uh, they probably didn't like seeing the the videotape footage. Like, oh my God, that's my daughter. They took to the room. You know, that's that's. <laughs> Is anybody watching this game on Univision? This was in Celaya San Luis. No, I'm watching the Morelia the game. Fifteen minutes. It's a driving rainstorm. Both teams are going back and forth, and back. it is it is insane. There's been a play on goal every like 15 seconds. Okay. It is crazy. I'm of course, now that, now that I say that, it's gonna slog in the middle. Yeah, thanks a lot, John. I just switched yeah. over from the Morelia game. Yeah. So, yeah, that that that's what I think happened. I think that there was an issue that happened with Chivas, and kind of like what Ronnie said, it was a issue with the 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 the, the, the La Torres, and then after a while. I think the FMF and and he kind of had a mutual agreement. And said, you know what? Let's just sit this one out, and and we'll move on to the next one. So, anyway, you know it's interesting that these cups are going on because uh, Pumas played in the in the Copa Libertadores a little earlier tonight, and they took. And it pains me to say it, but they took a reserve squad to a very winnable game in Venezuela, where they would have, if they would have won the game, they would have just sealed their. Their 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 pass to the next round. Instead, they ended up losing 2-0 to Deportivo Táchira, and I couldn't even tell you where Táchira is in in Venezuela. But that's the team they lost to. I'm sure it's it's Deportivo Táchira is the biggest win they've ever had. There's no question. But anyway, so that's my question to y'all. I mean, why on earth are you? Has Mexico been begging to play in this tournament if the teams treat it like that? Why why don't they go all out? I mean, could you imagine? Because Pumas is tenth in the standings right now. Who? So what? So what? They reached the final last year. I mean, that's enough. Yeah, but the, the internal mark, uh, the internal market for Mexico is, is, you know, there's a lot of importance given to the league. You know, it's yeah, what, but Pumas hasn't played in the Libertadores in ten years. I understand. I'm just saying, like, I think that um, uh, all the talking points every day, you know, for ten, twelve hours a day, it's about the league and the upcoming matches. That kind of well, stuff gets filtered down to the John, to the to the team as well, and you know, and that's kind John, of what happens. John, yes, I mean, in a way, you have to start, you know, thinking like an exec here. I mean, Liga makes more money than Libertadores, right? So, I mean, I'm that's, not quite, that's fine, but you know what? There's going to be a league in in four months. They got breathing room, also. They're at the top of their group. Yeah, if they if they no, don't make the Liguilla in May. Guess what? The the new league starts in July in two months. It'll be okay. They can try and make it there. I feel like Chivas had sort of similar uh, way of thinking a couple of years ago, and and uh, and you know, oh well, there's only there's always next year, and then and then look at them now. You know, I feel like I don't know if that plays a part. I'm just kind of throwing hyperbole out there, but I do think that um, in the case of Pumas, for example, they they went out and you know they. They had a pretty good start to the Libertadores, but this is disappointing on a lot of levels because this is a game that they could have really used to sort of, you know, assert themselves in their group and, and give themselves a chance to really be able to play both tournaments, you know? It's just, it, it's, it, is, it is a little sad, but at the end of the day, I do feel like uh, there is a lot of importance given to the league, despite the fact that there are two tournaments every year. Um, it just kind of it's just kind of what what comes with the territory in that sense. I mean, that's fine. I understand, but again, Pumas hasn't played in Libertadores in ten years. Joel, what would Chivas do in this situation? I think you were going to chime in. 
Wait, in what situation? Oh, I thought that you were going to say something about I heard I heard Chivas, and I was getting ready to play the... <laughs> so I guess I guess it wasn't you. Do you mean if they were in Libertadores? Yeah, would, would, would they... Would they uh, how do they treat the Libertadores? Do they send Chivas B to the Libertadores, or do they, or do, they do their full squad? Chivas doesn't even have enough depth. Well, not now. <laughs> I'm saying historically. Historically. No, they, they've treated the cup, you know, if you see them. They're one of the teams with um, with the best record. Right. And uh, that's, that's one of the points I wanted to make. I don't know if it was a week or two ago, because every time uh, Chivas is doing bad, even though they've been mediocre for 40 years, you get the whole, maybe it's time they brought in foreigners. And and that's one of the points, you know, to look at how how they fare against, you know, these these teams and they've gotten like really good victories against, you right. know, top top squads and that's that's something that gets ignored. I think any Mexican team will do what I think any Mexican team will do what the what Pumas did. They're they're at the top <laughs> of the group. They had they have room to lose a game or maybe tie. Hopefully, you know they're probably hoping for a tie at least. And then you know they get the the other teams, Emelec and Olympia, aren't too good, so they're probably going to just cruise on through. So you're thinking that it was a calculated move. Well, see that's my other thing is okay. So Pumas takes a reserve squad. They trot out these foreigners I've never even heard of. I had no idea we're even on the team. They had like some Chilean dude, and then you know, just like like. They, they treated it like the Copa MX. Like Canteranos for this thing. Yeah, I just throw out some scrubs for this game, and, and whenever they get into the next stage, they'll be more serious. But see, but that's another thing about, you know, the Libertadores is not like the Champions League where you make it to the next round and you get drawn. No, they seeded from 1 to 16. So where you finish is extremely important. So, I mean, they again, they had a chance to really do themselves uh, a huge favor by by at least playing a you know and, and let's face it flying the Venezuela is like is like flying the Tijuana it's it's just as far. I think so it was a gamble. Like travel was an issue. I bet they smoke them in in uh, Unam though. Let's or, hope so. Yeah. Now that that is where Pumas does have the advantage is that in the <clears> second <throat> half of the of, of the group stage they do have to. John, the, John, that's yes, that's sir. the thing that you're saying right now. I think that's where Mexican clubs fail where where they don't know. How to play the Libertadores, and it's it's what you're saying. Winning a seed is important, and and winning certain games that they have to win at home, where they have to play all out. Sometimes they don't do it. Like Tigres, when they played in the final, they, you know, it didn't seem like they were playing a championship final when when they had River Plate at home. Right. And and you we've seen it. I think in the in the in the last three in the only three finals. The Mexican teams haven't been able to win at home. Now, Ronnie, was it was it the Arsenal game or the or the South Countdown the South Countdown game, Cayetano game that 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 chaps your ass or both? Uh, <laughs> I think the Cayetano because well, you know what, the Arsenal is the one that probably pisses me off a bit more because there's no way that America should have. Does it piss you off more? That does it time to set you up again? No, no. no? You sure? I'm over it now. I'm over okay. it now. So we're gonna just. Uh... Loud noises. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. Okay. So yeah, I mean. Now America, when they when they play the Libertadores, they again as a club that takes it semi seriously. 
and you know they they've had some good results as well. I'm, I'm waiting for you to tell us how brilliant they were in, in in managing the schedule, but but you haven't done it yet. I was I was surprised. <laughs> oh, when America played uh, five games in eight days. Right when they had the, those tough trips to to Irapuato. Yeah. <laughs> it was Morelia. Morelia. <laughs> Did they take the train? Did they go on Estrella de Oro? Is that what made it so hard? No, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. All right. Oh, by the way, did you guys hear that uh, El, Bigo, uh, uh, El Bigotón, uh, La Volpe, his, uh, his, uh, hold on, his, his, uh, his uh, nephew? No, not was it his nephew or no grandson debuted it today or yesterday? When was it? In a Copa Mekis game. Really? Yeah. I did see that one of his assistants is uh, is one of our is uh, is Chiki Stokayo. Well, one I, of his I, I think I think everybody, all of his Lavolpe's daughters, I think they all hooked up with players. Yeah. Uh, one one of them hooked up with uh, Andrade, the guy he used to play for Atla, Atlante. Right. Uh, and the other one, I think, hooked up with uh, well, not I know hooked up with the Chiki's. Damn, Jesus. Chiki. Yeah, but Chiki's is. Uh, it's his assistant in Chiapas. Yeah. So there you have it. Gotta All right, gentlemen. Uh, well, we're gonna uh, wrap it up tonight with uh, with the last topic, which I thought was just a hilarious uh, incident that happened last night. Uh, there was a Copa Mekis game, and I think <coughs> uh, maybe someone who is a little bit more well versed in the situation can explain it to us. But uh, our the Mexican U23 coach. Uh, Potro Gutierrez, Raul Potro Gutierrez was, was at the game, and people, and then the Monterey fans were asking, "Hey, when are you gonna, when are you gonna pick this our our, our Cesar Montes kid because he's fantastic, he'd be perfect for the Olympic side." And he's like, "I'm not gonna pick him." And then and then he says, "You Monterey fans just need to chill the f out. It's just not gonna happen." Of course, he was doing all this on Twitter, which is to me is just hilarious. He, so, he's he's a he's he's a notorious Twitter troll. Like there's no way He's that, psycho man. There's no way that a guy that is in charge of the national, uh, any capacity with the federation and the national teams, should be on Twitter arguing like a 15 year old schoolgirl. I mean that's just that's just so embarrassing. And just just so we all all aware of this, the federation uh, made him release an apology today, which was published on the federation's website. And uh, apparently he had to call. He didn't have to, but he. He was sort of coerced into calling Monterrey, the front office, and apologizing. And also, he spoke to Cesar Montes, and he uh, he directed an apology his way as well. Either way, it's laughable. It's embarrassing. It's the kind of stuff that – it's like when you see your mom on Facebook, and she starts arguing with people about Donald Trump. It's like, what are you doing? Christian is to be expected. That guy's Americanista. He's, you know – He comes with the package. It's just, it's just, there's a level of arrogance with him, and I think, you know, to a degree, he has had results that back him up to a degree, you know, uh, under 17 World Cup final at home, then uh, the subsequent tournament he made it to the final where they got blasted by Nigeria, a really good Nigerian team. Um, under 20 World Cup was a little, five-year-olds. Yeah, you know, it's just the whole thing was just like ah uh, you know and then I mean he, he got to the final of the uh, Pan American Games he won the uh, he got a clean sweep at the Olympic qualifiers uh, I I'm just kind of ready to move on from him I, I kind of want this once these Olympics are done I want him to just move on 
So you don't want, get see, out I always business. thought he would be the, the natural progression to be the, the national team coach. No, I wouldn't want him to be the national team coach. He has a very rigid system, tactically speaking. I mean, we're talking like even more rigid than Chippo. You know what I mean? And, and we saw how that turned out. The players don't adapt well to that because the Mexican players, uh, they're very versatile and they can play in different positions, but he, he doesn't really allow <clears> for that in his system. Uh, even, I mean, the fact that, that, that he has to tear down Cesar Montes, it's, it's just like, dude, like, is that, like, you know, it's one thing if you think it. It's one thing if you let's, you don't think he's ready or you're but not convinced. Did he tear him down? I thought he just said, hey, he's not, he's, he's, he's not good enough to be on the team. Well, he made a comment about, he, you know, somebody said, well, look, you know, he scored a goal. Wouldn't you want that? And he said, well, you know, I'd rather he defend. And if you look at the goals that Pachuca scored, I mean, I wouldn't really pin any of those on, on Montes, you know. And then he, well, he made a comment after that saying that, you know, oh, you know, isn't it better when Basanta is next to him or something? And it's like, if anybody's watched Monterrey this season, Basanta has not really been that good. Uh, the, the one who has stood out has been Montes precisely because of that, because he's been playing well on both sides of the ball. So it, it was just kind of like a weird sort of thing that he just kind of, almost like Pataz, Algado, he just said it. When it sounds... Had to, you know, when you Pachuca, had to get, when Fernando, against were, you offended, were you offended by this Luis Fernando as a Rayado fan? Did, did, yeah, were you calling from his head? Did you even just, know what happened? Actually, <laughs> I, I just barely heard it today, and I was, I didn't, I just saw it briefly. I'm like, what? This doesn't make sense. Why he arguing with somebody on? But I didn't know the details why he was arguing. But now that you mention it, that's trash, and he needs to quit. Well, Look, let, I, let's be honest. Do you think that uh, Cesar Montes and and Potro have the same promoter? Obviously no. not. No. Obviously no. not. I mean, you you could make the argument that maybe you know he he's a little green. Maybe I mean, I'm kind of with you. I mean, I, I think that the kid is ready to even get a look with the national team if if it if it comes down to that, you know, in in one of those meaningless friendlies. But but at the same time, it's like you, all you gotta say is look, we have Carlos Salcedo, we have Jordan Silva, you know, guys with you know with with league league experience and, and Libertadores in the case of Jordan Silva, you know. And we have, you know, the other, you know, Luis, I think, Lopez, the other kid from Monterrey. We've already looked at some players. I mean, if you have to say anything, you know, you could just be politically correct about it. You know, I feel like that's just, there's no need for any of that. He didn't need to engage that. He didn't need to engage, like, users like that in, in whatever manner he did it. But I will say this about Cesar Montes. He's the only time that they got destroyed in the season was uh, Pachuca, when he was... Yeah. Was when he was playing alongside El, El Gringo Ese, what's his name? Castillo. Castillo. Yeah, that's yeah. the only time he played. He played. He's played. He's been consistent playing with Osorio in the central, with Basanta. So you know, I think even Efraín Juárez. Castillo, once. who's like okay. Segundo Castillo or, or which or or. Oh no, Edgar Castillo. The little guy. El homie. Yeah, El homie. El homie. El homie. He's a terrible <laughs> defender. He is. Well, that's and kind that's of the point, you know. That's one of those things with Turco. He plays, he plays uh, his defenders, his outside defenders play like wingbacks in a four-man backline. It just, it's going to expose your central defenders constantly, you know, especially when you have Walter Ayovi in front of them. Who's a great player. He just doesn't have like the el fuelle para subir. Isn't Walter Ayovi like 50 years old? He's probably like in his mid-30s. Yeah. He, he had to leave Pachuca because he couldn't keep up with the pace of the team. He couldn't go back and do his. Recorridos and you know, so he went he, back to Monterrey. So oh, he sorry, went to Monterrey, a team that Monterrey. plays just like Pachuca. Very quick <laughs> transition, very, you know, very just kind of gung ho towards the, towards the goal. And so, 
But you know, whatever. I mean, I, I, look. At the end of the day, I don't. I don't want the national team coach at any level to be addressing fans on Twitter. Let's be honest. So you, not... weren't, you weren't a big fan of uh, of Pio Herrera tweeting when he was tweeting. The whole thing with Piojo was a little a little different, but I mean, he, he was. If anything, Piojo has a lot more charm than this guy. This guy is dry, and he's got this weird thing, this very really and strange thing where he's kind of he's well, he's, he's like. That's... Listen, I'm going to tell you this. What I'm not okay with is Potro. He needs to just shave his head. Let's be honest, dude. It's over. Why do you have a ponytail, man? Like you have, There's no reason for you to have a ponytail. Cut the thing off. Just man up. It's okay. Your, your playing career is done. You've had some decent results with the national team, the youth national teams. Finish out the cycle and then get the fuck out, please. Ronnie, have you ever had a ponytail? No. Did you ever have a mullet? Who here's got a mullet? No. Oh, you're asking the wrong question. You need to. Do you have a visible ponytail? I have a ponytail. I have a ponytail, and I'm telling him shave the fucking thing off, man. You look stu- you look ridiculous, man. Are you are you are you over the age of thirty and you have a ponytail? I, I'm actually thirty years old, and yes, I do have a ponytail. You know, sometimes I do it. You know, it's not nearly as douchey as it sounds. You know, you like gonna... you like listen to Bronco like in your car. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with that? Con... Do you listen to Bronco? Do you hear that? Do you, do you listen to that Queen music? That Queen? The Queen? Yeah. Queen? Yeah. I like Queen. I don't listen to it. Uh, no, no, like not, not not Queen, the British uh, the British band. Like Queen, like you know, like the. Queen, queen, queen. <laughs> that, that type of Bronco type music. Listen, let's just let's focus. Let's let's keep the focus here on, on Raúl Gutiérrez and how well, much. The, of the it. funny thing was is that I read this morning because I didn't know what had happened until I saw it this morning. And people are people are calling for his job. They're like, oh, you know, this this can't. And again, it goes back to what we were talking about earlier. This whole concept of 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 of, of how. The press particularly views players and coaches how they, you know, the one bad step that a player or coach has, and they immediately have to go. You know, that's just that's always their stock response. Oh, he's got to go. You know, this guy. He, you know, we can't have this. Is you know, Carlos Vela went to a concert. Yeah, we got. Yeah, it's got. Well, that that extremism is is uh, you know, it's it's just that's that's what fuels the the sporting press, and not just the sporting press. I mean, you know, you can look at any any other subject. You know, especially We're talking Mexico. about it now. Yeah, and that, and now here we are. You know, we're talking about dudes' ponytails and and whatnot and whatever. You know, I, the thing with with Potro is that you brought is it up, a, man. Hey, man, I'm just saying he should just shave it. It kind of bothers me that you know, dude, like <laughs> it's over, man. Just cut it. You I, see I, yourself when you grow up like that. What, when I get older, <laughs> when my you see hair, now you know uh, what it's gonna look like. <laughs> that's the thing. I, when when I get to that point in 15 years, I'm just, I'm just gonna shave my head and, and accept defeat. That's part of what happens as growing up, you know. Uh, but the thing with Potro is this is not an isolated incident. This has happened a lot of times. The guy shouldn't – I don't even think he knows how to properly use Twitter, to be honest. You just don't do it, man. Just don't. Just just stick to what you do, man. Get on the field and, and coach the player. Si, señor. Yo soy de rancho. Damn, he was so mad that – Rage quit, huh? Hey, so hey, um, <laughs> speaking of, hey, did Juan ever make it to the show? 
No, we're waiting for him. He said he was going to join us at 8 Pacific, and that was 47 minutes ago. I know. He was going to talk about his, you know... His experience at MLS. And how he rustled some feathers. Did Whose feathers did he... Did he, did he, did he did he get after Arena? No, no. It's just he posted some pictures of uh, he posted some pictures of uh, of what he was eating at the press box. Oh, did he get in trouble for that? No, no. It's just I get salty ass pretzels. He got trouble with you. Rony got butt hurt. Yeah. He thought you get what you get when you go to the Philly games. What was it? You get to get pretzels and warm water. I get salty ass pretzels and warm water. This guy gets enchiladas. What the hell oh, is that? I get it. The whole choke on your enchiladas. I... Hey, John, yeah. you were right about this game, I... man. This game is ridiculous. I'm telling you, it is, oh it is the most God. entertaining game I've seen. For, and, and oh, can we talk just about, back and let's, forth. Let's talk about the Scopa MX. You know, when it first came back up a couple, like, two years ago, people were complaining about it. I've seen the last two days, I've seen at least four games that have been outstanding, man. Outstanding games. This this game has been ridiculous. The the Pachuca Monterrey game last night was was ridiculously good. You know, it, it's, it's there's quality here. I don't know if people just poo poo on the tournament. Let, let's 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 watch some more games. Well, the issue that my big issue with is just it's its format is ridiculous. Just you know, if you're gonna have a Copa, that's great. I think it's an awesome idea. It gives you know the younger players a chance to play. Just just do a one off and play. You know, the however many teams and just single elimination all the way. They should that, add. That to me is the best. They way. should add third division teams too. Yeah, I mean, my mapaches need to play. <laughs> <laughs> that was a tremendous goal, though, by San Luis. Well, you know, hey, uh, well, they should have. They should have included uh, university teams from the beginning. Remember? Oh yeah, yeah. That's... They should. They should have included that. I mean. Because keep in mind, America since they America's only played one tur- one one Copa, and that was the first uh, the first season. No, I'm sorry, they played. Wait, they, yeah, they the, only played one the, season. The first one was with two second division teams playing the final, right? Uh, I think, uh yeah, you're right. You're, you're right. And then the second one, the second one, that's when uh, Puma, uh, that's when uh, Cruz Azul hey. trophy. Yeah. Hey, there's Juan. Hey, oh. John's been pretty good in summoning people. Uh, greetings and salutations, uh, live. Uh, 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 how do you say? Uh, <laughs> in, in the trenches. In the, that's what I meant to say. In the trenches. Well, it's it's glad to hear from you, Juan. We were just talking about you. I don't know if you were listening to you or not. Yeah, we were they, shitting on you, man. We, wanted, we were not. We were not shitting on him. Being right, in the tr- was, being in the trenches has another meaning for us. <laughs> I know I'm drawing all kinds of weird conclusions. I know. Well, yeah, you heard that saying in tiempos de guerra cualquier hoyo se quiera. Nombre guerra. Juan Oribe is Juan popped his cherry this week. He went to his first soccer game as a member of the working press. He went to the uh, LA Galaxy's thrilling. 4-1 victory over, who was it? D.C. United. D.C. United, DC who dominated United. that game, but it's okay. And uh, Juan, please give us you your experience. Tell us about your parking, the food that you ate, your location, who you met, who you didn't meet. Oh, well, well, well I'm just going to respond to Chris real quick. Actually, from my perspective, Galaxy, you know, they're they just outclassed. 
outclassed that other team. DC United had a couple good counterattacks. Uh, anyways, you know what, man? They serve. They treat the press really well, man. They like uh, when you walk in, they, you know, they have a lady. She gives you back rubs and she has you take off your shoes. You know, she rubs your feet. And, uh, wow. Yeah. They, they, they like uh, they have this special uh, carpet that has like uh, what's that called? Airbags. Oh really? So you take off your yeah. Do you take off your shoes? You're floating basically in the air. It's pretty awesome. I heard they put Sibian machines on the where the where you sit in the press box. Uh, you know, I, I think I think that's that's reserved for the out of town press. Yeah, that, that was for Chivas USA. USA. That was for Chivas USA. Yeah, the local press. So, get so I, you know, I, <laughs> and I, yeah, yeah. No, but think, hey, good, good article. You know, I think good article. Oh, thank you guys. I, I you know I tried. Um, yeah, you know what? We didn't get to interview Giovanni, man. He was uh, he left the stadium early. Uh, we uh, we did uh, I think we got a clip of Paul. Uh, what's his name? Sebastian Leggett. Yep. He was probably the most interesting player on the field. Uh, uh, there's I think there's a clip of Steven Gerrard. I don't know if uh, I got it to to Bendo. What uh, what was the uh, the scuttlebutt around Giovanni? Was he really injured or was he more? Did they take him off the field because he's just being ineffective? And then they said uh, to me, to me, I think he he seemed ineffective. I mean, his sub his sub came in and basically was involved in the. In the scored, yeah, he scored two goals, got an assist, and drew a penalty on the on the on the other goal. I think is, you know, yeah, Mike, seems, Mike McGee, who is a a MLS journeyman, the guy is probably making at best 200 k a year. You know, and, and he goes on the field and in and, 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 and 40 minutes puts Giovanni to shame. Absolutely to shame. Did uh, Giovanni, was he carrying a spare tire or, or did he look fit? No, he looked he looked heavy, man. Can you hear me? Yeah, we hear yeah. you. Oh, okay. Um, uh, yeah, he looked, he actually, he looked really out, of, really out of shape. He was, he was like, what, what can I say? He was like in, in everybody's way. So as soon as he came out, uh, that opened up the space for like uh, that Sebastian Leggett. It opened up the space for for these guys to to create more chances and kind of because like yeah like Chris mentioned McGee's more of a direct player so you know Giovanni kind of he wanted to dribble and I mean he, there's like one clip I think of him like making a guy lose you know but uh, lose his balance or something but he was really I just think I just think they he's not the player they they really need he's just there to draw absolutely. You know, the, the demographic and I mean I, you know I just Juan, so Juan I, do you do you think Gio likes players to link up with? Um yeah I, the this the playing style doesn't complement him at all. That's Absolutely. true. Absolutely. Uh, uh, like uh, they had a like they had a this the, uh, this national team guy what's his name Zardes Chris knows him probably. Yeah. I'm sure he he's got his little poster on his wall. Um, of course. <laughs> I wake up to him, I wake up to him every every morning. Scratch and sniff. <laughs> oh man, but so like uh, you know this guy he's a you know this is just a different style of players. Even Gerard he has trouble. He's, he had a really slow start, man. Like his first two touches were bad. So there it's just the team is not set up for Giovanni. If the team was built around Giovanni, I think he would do. He'd you know he'd definitely be a different type of player. Well, but Giovanni is a counterattacker. I mean, the, that, that is where Giovanni is at his best. Is, that's a, that's, is, is that's an excellent counters. point, John. I was just going to say, if you look at Gio's career so far, you know, Mallorca, 
Racing, the places where he really had more more than acceptable success, they were all counterattacking setups. You know, even with a national team, you know, when Vasco took over and, and Giovanni sort of got involved again, he thrived in a counterattacking system. I mean, he's not the guy that, you know, and, and I think Juan is on point. I think that what it comes down to ultimately is just that the playing style does not suit him at all. And I think that's well, going to be... Well, apparently neither do the double-doubles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, you a, know, that's a fair point. That team, it's built around Robbie Keane. You know, Robbie Keane is their... He's their captain. He's their... He's their... Yeah, he's, yeah. And he, he's the man, you know. He's he's in he's in all their advertisement. He's... I mean, he's doing restaurant reviews <laughs> the last time I saw. So, you know, they don't, they don't need that many guys walking around the pitch uh, looking to pick his spots. And so they... They're just tripping over each other's. Uh, was the uh, atmosphere good? Uh yeah. You know what it was actually. I mean, you know, it's it's family friendly. They, I think, the, I heard some press people talking about um, that the 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 fan club had gotten suspended last year because they they had flares when they weren't supposed to, and they were they were doing smoke bombs. Um, so it's kind of in, in that regard, they really they really tempered it. But I mean, like. I guess they got like two or three flank fan clubs on opposite ends, and they they seem to cooperate. Unlike unlike the uncivilized people uh, that support Blue America, Ooh. <laughs> that are Ooh. fighting each other after the game. And <laughs> <laughs> before, and before, and, and during, during, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so I mean, it's so a, tell it's us about the enchiladas, man. They look delicious. You know what the enchiladas—they were, were good, man. They had uh, they have free guacamole. You know, burn uh, Fernando mm. would approve. Uh, you know what, John? This, this is gonna ru- this is gonna ruin going to the stadium for you because next time you go, if it's not at Spress, <laughs> once yeah, you have to stand, yeah. once you have to stand in line for the bathroom or or yeah. you're in a bad seating section, con la con el agua, you're gonna be like. Just yeah, hating spoiled, it. Man. I'm, I'm going to spoiled. Vancouver in two weeks. I'm going to BC Place for when Canada plays <laughs> Mexico. So uh, I don't think I'll get enchiladas. Now I'm curious. Now here in Texas enchiladas. we have enchiladas, but it's like Tex-Mex and they put chili on top. It's, hey, <laughs> hey, Hoyle is right because at, I mean honestly, I think since I started you know working you know the press going to games, I think I've been to maybe one or two games as just as a regular fan. And the experience just sucks. Yeah, it's not the same. Is it? <laughs> it's no you internet. Gotta, you gotta sit, you know, uh, three hundred well, feet well, up, and, and no, well, here, here's, see okay, anything. Okay. All right. Well, the thing, the thing about it is, my bro- my brother used to give me uh, tickets to go to the Eagles, but we used to go in the in the, in the press boxes, and you know, I mean, it was like, okay, pretty cool. Did you sit uh, in the seven hundred section? No, no. I mean, it was, luxury, it was in the luxury suites. In the luxury suites. Oh, did I mean, you ever get arrested and you had to go to Eagles? Uh, no, no, I no. Every time, every time, I, every time I go, it's because the Cowboys are in town, or you know, and some of my, bro- my some of my brother's uh, clients would give them tickets uh, to to go to the luxury uh, suites. So, so I mean, they were always fun. They were always great. But, uh, but then. But then there was this one year where my brother goes, "Hey, I got tickets." He said, "You want to come?" I said, "Yeah, sure." I said, "And I, the first thing I asked, luxury suites? Yeah, yeah, they're uh, it's up there reserved and everything." So we go over there, and little you know, did I know that they weren't really the luxury suites? It was just basically you were up there. Oh, you were at the 
with the people. Yes. How awful. And Wait. then I'm like, and Wait, then I'm like, stop, stop. I think that this that this is appropriate for one of these. It's no. time for Ronnie's rant. No, Ronnie's no. rant. <laughs> <laughs> then by, by half time, I don't know what we're yelling about. By half time, <laughs> by half time, I had to leave. I, I left. I just did, didn't like it. I did not like it. You know. And then the last game that I went to go see it, you know, just by, as a regular fan, was the Real Madrid uh, Celtic, uh, couple, like a couple years ago, like two years ago here in Philly. Damn. And you had to sit with the people there too. I I didn't mind that game because I actually went with a lot of friends. Oh, dude, you got friends, dude. Yeah, well, I got actually like two good friends yeah, here in Philly. Like my image of you is like totally changed. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> they're they're his chat roulette. He met them on chat. Well, of course. No, no. <laughs> I didn't get the uh, the answer. I'm sorry, Juan. Your your enchiladas were they chicken, beef, cheese? What were they? Enchiladas aloyo. Yeah, you know what? They had they actually they Cock had meats. they had three three different meals. Did you have all three meals? They, they so they had uh they had a uh, chicken tacos. They had they had carne asada tacos, and then what? they had uh, the enchiladas. The enchiladas were cheese. Yeah, man. And you know what? I didn't even get any, but they also had macadamia nut cookies. They had chocolate chip cookies. They had a, they had salad. They had like freaking gourmet. I mean, dude, these guys. They got the soda fountain too. Yeah, uh, they got it. Unlimited, unlimited drinks. Now, I will unlimited say this. Drink. When the Cowboys, uh, when I do that stuff uh, in the summer, at the end of the game, they do uh, tap a keg so you can have a beer at the end of the game. Oh, no way, man. Do they have that? Did they have that at LA Galaxy? Because if they don't, sorry. Oh, the the what? I'm sorry. What was it called? The, 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 at the Cowboys uh, NFL games, at the end of the game, they, uh -huh. they in the press box they tap a keg so you can have a beer at the end of the game. Oh no, man! They didn't tap a keg. So unlimited drinks. That's the only thing that was missing. Uh huh. They had cookies. <laughs> You you used to be able to go and get them from the um from the restaurant and it used to be connected, so you could walk from from the press box. You could walk to where the Galaxy has their like rest restaurant, mm -hmm. and then you could buy the beer and bring it back. That's great. Okay. But then they they kind of like blocked it off. Yeah, they probably don't want the press guys to be getting you know chugging like beers and doing keg stands. I yeah. did for for a Mexico game. They did. Yeah. They were giving away free bot lights. Yeah, yeah. You were, you were the whole game, the whole game, dude, huh? <laughs> That's gross, dude. So, there was one time I went to uh, the Ohio State Stadium, Ohio Stadium, when Texas played there like ten years ago, and uh, you know they had a very nice press box. They had barbecue for us because you know we don't get enough of it down here. But uh, there was a little, like a 90-year-old lady who was in our level that we were on the photo deck, and she had a Tupper full of snickerdoodles. I'm not a snickerdoodle <laughs> guy, but her snickerdoodles were delicious. There you go. I really enjoyed her snickerdoodle. I'm did, not going to lie. Did you take some to go, John? I <laughs> No, but we almost got into a fight. We almost got into a fight after that game because Texas With won. the lady, the 90-year-old lady? No, no, no. Some but, 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 but going after the last snickerdoodle? I did not. No, I left the last snickerdoodle for my my announcer friend. He he <laughs> made sure that he got them. But anyway, no. But th at the at the end of that game, the Ohio State fans were so mad that they were throwing beer bottles at little old like little old ladies that were Texas fans. We had Michigan plates on our car, so I thought they were gonna break our windows. I mean, it was 
it was an ugly scene. And no, no, like, no, no. That doesn't happen in the U.S., man. Fans don't behave that way. We no, know that. of course not. You know, you know. <laughs> we know that. Not. That's they're, only they're down so, to the so savages civil. down south. We know that. Yeah. They're so civil. Absolutely. Well, Juan, do you have anything else to report about your your first time experience? Yeah, you know what? There was a lady from TV Azteca, man, but I didn't get her. I didn't get a chance to talk to her. She seemed really interesting. Was it Ines Science? No, I wish it was Ines. No, it was a different lady. I, you know what? To be honest, I don't, I don't recognize her. I think she's, she might be lower on the totem pole. She's uh, she Azteca America. <laughs> yeah, it was one of those Azteca America or something. Yeah, next uh, time, next time you see the TV Azteca people, tell them to spend some money on the production values because they're absolutely terrible, man. Jesus. No, one, one very important question: How bad was the cologne? The cologne smell in the press box. <laughs> uh, the cologne smell. I don't know. You know it's what? It's outdoors, it, John. It's uh, yeah, it's outdoors. The thing is outdoors, so uh, I I couldn't smell. And you know, the only thing I am gonna complain, man. Mm -hmm. Everybody got a assigned seat except me, so I didn't get the goodie bag. They were giving away like uh, you know, t-shirts and I think like I don't know all kinds of uh, all kinds of stuff that I didn't get. That's the only thing I didn't get. I missed out on. Why don't you get an assigned seat? Oh, uh, I'm not sure. I think Ronnie's gonna hook it up. Wait, did you get did you get the season pass? I'm not, I'm, not sure. I'm not sure if it's a season pass or not. Uh, it says on the on the on the thing. It should say right there, season pass. What? No, it just has the date, like 2016. You got one of those disposable passes. And you just is it plastic or piece of paper or plastic? Yeah, there you go. It's plastic. Oh, that's you got you got you got a season pass. Really? But you, you know what? You, you know what? John, the PR guy and go, mira, did you just do this to me because I'm a Mexican? No, the, the, that stuff. The Galaxy at, at the StubHub, it's it's a small press box, and they have like press that have been covering that team for years. So sure, a lot of them, they get they get a lot of the, the preferential treatment, and then they're always getting like new reporters coming in. So did you see Luis Bueno? Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, there's some, there's some. Re I, I don't, I don't know all these people, man. There is, there is. My, I hope my wife's not listening to this po podcast. But there's a, this cute girl that was sitting next to me, uh, in a little black dress, and I was like, whoa, you know. She was a four at best. Right? Did you take creep shots? <laughs> huh? Did you sneak in some shots on your phone? No, man. <laughs> you could have pretended you were taking pictures or uh, Snapchatting. Yeah, I could have pretended I was on Twitter, man. I was, you know. I was posting on Twitter a little bit of the game. Now, more seriously, what what is their policy on on posting stuff? Because I know that some press must are like, if you're going to be on Twitter, this you can't really do stuff during the game. Do they have a particular policy about that? Uh, they mentioned to me. They, I mean, it was it was clearly visible that I was I was posting on Twitter from uh, from my laptop and from the phone. So, you know, nobody said anything. And you know what? There was people. There were there because there's this this Galaxy Insider guy. I don't know his name. I mean, he was watching the game and posting all the news. Like uh, when Giovanni came out, came out at halftime, he was like the first one to post it. Uh, when their goalie Dan Kennedy, he he pulled the groin. His name uh, is Adam Adam Serrano. He's the yeah, Galaxy Insider. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, here in here in Philly, dude. I mean, everybody's on Twitter. Sometimes sometimes they're even watching games on Fox Sports on their tablets. Okay, so they don't have a policy, I guess. Is, 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 not to my knowledge. No, not to my knowledge. Going back to the thing about hey, uh, hold on, hey uh, Juan, did you did you uh, print out my uh, my spreadsheet? <laughs> the butter one. <laughs> What's that? Oh, 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 the ninety liner. 
Oh, I'm sorry. I I thought the butter report. My bad. I mixed. Nah. <laughs> Jesus. No, nah, did did you did you print out my my spreadsheet? You know what, dude? I I I you know with, with uh, Fernando. I think we're we're gonna get a litany of excuses why he didn't. I did. That's good, I used it. Uh, okay. right. That's you, convenient. Used, uh, you know what? I can. I I'll, I'll give you guys a link later of the one that I that I made. Uh, because uh, all I did was I just you know make it to my liking, but it was very useful, man. Thank you. That was a. Uh, uh, you're not as dumb as you look, Ronnie. <laughs> well, as your as your mentor, as your mentor, <laughs> you know, keep using them. There's no. You, it was a good article. Papaya uh, los pollitos. You said that that, that Bruce Arena w was only around for four questions at the post game presser. Three, man. They they only gave three questions, and uh, to be honest, oh, okay, I, I will I will admit to being late to the presser because I got lost. Uh, I was, <laughs> I, you know, it is my first time there. I didn't know where it was, and I was like, I was the 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 thing is they have different security, so the the stadium staff they don't know what you know which way is the you know which way the door is and. So it took me a while to get to the presser. So right at the end, I got there. Uh, I could see that I heard the DC United coach uh, me mention mention that um, that the the quote that I used, where he's saying, "Yeah, we we got we got roasted, but we'll be back next week." Um, <laughs> but yeah, so they they only allowed three questions for Bruce, three questions for Mike McGee. He was the only player they took to the presser, and then. So they don't they don't have a mixed zone like they do for other for like national team games. No, what they, what they do is uh they let you into the locker room, uh, and they have you like face the wall because these guys are you know walking around in their shorts and stuff. And uh, actually the one that I missed is because I'm telling you, man, it's like you know I was like I'm all like okay, well, you know, you know I felt kind of like like a you know in the lost like a lost puppy, you know. And so I missed Robbie Keane. Well, right when I saw that it was Robbie Keane, and I got my phone out, and I was, you know, so I missed out on what he, whatever he said. I'm sure it was all, you know, illegible. Was he in his, was he in his chonis, or was he? Dressed? No, no, he was, dude. He was in his like uniform. I think he was heading out, but uh, uh, it was, you know, I I, per, I personally prefer the mix zone better because I feel well, maybe Ronnie, you feel differently. I don't want to interview a dude in his underwear. Maybe you do, Ronnie. I don't know. <laughs> He's got that uh, the tank top, right? The the twenty bucks is twenty bucks. <laughs> maybe if it's at Chivas underwear, maybe. But uh, anyway, well, that's that's a very interesting report. And obviously, as we uh, the season goes on, we'll be able to give more of these. I'm actually I have a an event that I'm doing in Frisco, which is where uh, FC Dallas plays. And not this weekend, but next weekend, and I think I'm actually am going to be able to go to the game, so I'm going to apply. I can't do a season pass because I just I, I can't commit to going to that many games because uh, I'm in the middle of possibly switching jobs. But uh, what some we'll talk about a little bit later. Well, I think that that should wrap it up. I think we've we've hit our our, our time limit here. We had a very entertaining show, and uh, I gotta say it, we went through the whole show without one dick joke. I think we should be I think we should be very proud of ourselves. <laughs> Be very proud of ourselves. That is actually an excellent point. I didn't, yeah. I didn't even think of that. Now I did have a drop, but you know, no one mentioned that. I did have this though. You still want to show me your cucumber? But no one ever said anything about it. So uh, Ronnie's gonna be on point next week. That's right. So we'll have to we'll have to make up for it next week. But uh, anyway, well, gentlemen, always uh, it's always a pleasure to discuss uh, 
the beautiful game with you guys. I think we had a great show tonight. I really appreciate y'all joining us. I know uh, some of you joined us late, but before we wrap it up, I do want to get your predictions for how the uh, the little game that we have the Sunday between Guadalajara, Guadalajara, and Club uh, America is going to end up. So I will start. Let's go down the list. Looks like uh, looks like Rana, you're first. What's going to happen? Uh, it's going to be total rapage, three uh, zero. So three zero. America. All right. <clears throat> and we'll go down the list. Joel, what you got? Oh man, I I am expecting Chivas to lose two zero. So you think you think it's going to be America. two zero? All right. Remember, this is being recorded, Joel. So you know, for your for your for your for your your friends and family that are listening, and they're starting to sharpen the knives, you'll know why. Okay. <laughs> Fernando, what's going to happen? Oh, I'm, I think uh, Monterrey is definitely going to beat uh, Morelia. This <laughs> it's it's going to be a fantastic game. You know, so, uh, you know the, the Clásico um, Nacional ya pasó last week, and we, it was a total success. So. Okay, so you say you say Monterrey will, will defeat Morelia. Fair enough. Sounds good. Daniel, what you got? Daniel has to unmute his microphone. He's working on it. Or he les tantando chicotazos. Yeah, I think he's getting beat. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll we'll move on. We'll move on. Juan, who's gonna win the game? Well, are, you, know, are you gonna all, be realistic? Are you gonna be realistic like Joel, or are you gonna go with your heart? <laughs> well, first of all, I, w- I want to give my respects to the, the to the guy manning the sound booth, dude. He's he's doing an awesome job. I think it, what's his name? Uh, who who's running the sound booth? It's me. Oh oh man, excellent job, John. Uh, and in regards to the game, I think Jolie, you know, he's gonna he might trip on his way to work and injure himself, you know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he might have an accident. No way, Chivas is losing, you know, two zero or three zero. Uh. They just lost at home to Dorados, dude. Yeah, but dude, it's called by Yeah, but you're in a no lucid at home. You can't be losing at home to Dorados. I'm sensing a fight between you guys. Chivas fight. Chivas dude, fight. We've been arguing this whole season because he's uh, he wants Almeida out. He thinks you know. But anyways, look. Why the, is trying to make Almeida a thing? Let me tell you something. See, th- those Dorado players, half of them were in Chivas last season. So hay tiros, they got- hay tiros, hay tiros. <laughs> There's extra motivation for them to play well, you know, to say, hey, we deserve to be on the first team instead of, uh, you know, your borrachos. But I'm going to say <laughs> Chivas 2 a 0 because in the Casa. Exactly. You know, Chente knows what I'm talking about. He, he did. Almeida did say uh, there's one thing that I agree with, and he told the player. He told the players, uh, "Jueguen como hinchas." All right, exactly. So, and you know, so, you know, uh, speaking of Almeida, Jolie, he he yeah. did take a shot at the America squad. He said, "Hey, with the money Vergara spins, he could bring uh, eleven good South American players." Which is, which I don't know. He's giving the, he's kind of starting the banter in an indirect way, no? Yeah, I I think that was his. Juan Uribe bringing the Chivas talk hard. It's even surprising Joel. 
<laughs> yeah, definitely, man. So, so you think Chivas is going to win? All right. Christian, what yeah. you got? Dos a cero. Well, I was going to say the same thing. I don't think it's going to be dos a cero. It's going to be 2-1. But I think Chivas is going to take it. You think Chivas is going to take it. All right, yeah. so one more for... Wait, when right. you then, guys are, are giving this, Chivas strikers haven't been scoring. But you know what well, I mean? Well, while you've seen... He put him on Bravo on the bench. That right yeah, there but, is a good start. Yeah, but, but the other strikers didn't score. And then you have, like, Quintero and, and uh, Horrible. They're, they're beginning to score now. It is a so very that, tough, that, tough hill for them that, to climb. That, that, to me, is going to be the difference right there. Hey, don't forget about... The Oveja Negra, Marcos Granados. He might come in and score. He played today. He, he didn't. I think I think Hulit is going to get a hat trick, and then he's going to pass out drunk in the, in the press conference. That's what I think is going to happen. No. <laughs> Daniel, hey, Daniel Preciado, are you joining us? Or are you still muted? I think he's still muted. I think he's having he's having a, a, a conversation. <laughs> no tiene permiso ahorita. That's right. He, he needs to do three chores. Hey, well, I for, every, uh, for every 10 minutes of podcast time. Chiquis, what you got? I, I, I saw the Dorados game today. The, the Dorados, and they, they were bunkering. They had everyone back. And Chivas did, like, it looked like uh, the U.S. versus Mexico a few years ago. Uh, Chivas, <laughs> the Chivas uh, offensive players were, four of them just lined up in a line. There were no, they weren't, they weren't, they were trying some parades, but they, they weren't working. So this is like going against the bunker, and they couldn't do anything. And then they got countered and, and, and lost. I think Chivas is going to be able to score because America's going to push forward. Um, but I think America will still win. It'll be like 2-1 or something. Maybe. All right. I uh, watched that same Dorados-Chivas game earlier tonight, and I don't think that that's going to add any barometer on what's, as far as Chivas' performance, what's going to happen. What I did notice, however, is that the field is in terrible conditions, really, really bad conditions. So I think that's actually going to favor Chivas because I think it's gonna it's gonna cause America to make mistakes, lose their cool, and they probably have one, maybe two guys sent off, as is their custom. You know, I gotta say something about this Dorados game with Chivas. <clears throat> there, you know, you gotta remember that the coach of the Dorados is El Profe Cruz. He's playing with La Volpismo. He's not uh, Chivas actually. You know, it's understandable that they lost. Boring. Game. All right, we're not gonna talk La Volpismo right now. Anyway. <laughs> As I was saying, so the, the field is in bad condition. I think it's going to affect America more. It's going to affect Chivas. Now, whether Coen is right, Chivas has no scoring punch. So the only way that they're going to get goals is going to be through set pieces, maybe the occasional counter. I think it's going to be very difficult for them. Because of that, I think it's going to be 1-0 game. I think America pulls it out. I, as, as much as it pains me to say it, but I do think I think it's going to be America. to uh, to win the game. And it, it just I feel dirty. I'm not going to lie. I feel a little dirty right now picking America, but I do think it's going to it's going to happen for them. And uh, you know, for Chivas, it's going to be another another lost season. You know, there they go again. Okay. Well, gentlemen, I think that that should about uh, wrap it up for us tonight here on the on the Dos Acero podcast. As always, uh, thank you guys for joining us. For the, the the many folks that joined us on on YouTube uh, for our live broadcast tonight, with all the all the questions. Sorry, we couldn't get to all your questions. Uh, we didn't have a very lively discussion, but we'll be back with you guys next week, and we'll talk about the aftermath of this game, whether it was uh, good, bad, the ugly for 
for both teams, and we'll get into some other topics. And of course, we do have a uh, a national team game that's coming up, a qualifier up in Canada, and then with the uh, the return leg in Mexico City a few days later. So we'll be discussing that as well. But my name is John Jagu. Thank you guys for joining us, Christian. Thank you very much. Oh, yeah, thanks, John. No problem. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Daniel, thank you for joining he was, us. He was looking at his ponytail. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Daniel, very quickly, who wins? America, America or Chivas? Chivas. Chivas wins. All right. Chiquis, Chiquis, Gar Chiquis Garcia Campa, thank you for joining us tonight. Hey, man, thanks. Had fun. Always a pleasure. Fernando, always a pleasure. Hopefully your uh, rayados will keep going. Appreciate it. Joel? Fun times, John. Fun Glad times. Glad you could join us. Glad you could join us. Ronnie, always a pleasure. Thank you very much. Likewise. And uh, my name is John Jagu. Thank you guys for joining us. This has been the Dos Acero Podcast, the Yamerito production. Please join us next week at about the same time, 9 p.m.-ish Central Time. And, of course, you can listen to us on iTunes afterwards, or you can follow us live on YouTube. And please be sure to follow us all on the Twitter. Uh, most of us do have handles on Twitter. So thank you guys very much, and we look forward to uh, talking to you guys again next week. A pleasure. Thank you. <laughs>